Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Design Dorks. I am Pyrrhic Kong, voice and writer of Designing 4, and with me today is my co-host as always... The Duke of Dorks, owner of the channel, The Duke of Dorks. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is part two of a likely five-part retrospective on every character in the Super Smash Bros. series. We're going over each character and placing them on a tier list, based not on their power, not on our personal preference for them, but basically how we think of them as a design, how uh, they represent the character, how they work in the fighting game, and basically seeing, you know, how they appeal to a general audience and as a fighting game character, and whether they do that incredibly well, incredibly poorly, or they got some things, but uh, they also got some other things. Exactly, exactly. I do want to remind everybody that there's going to be some weird, like, not every character is judged on the same criteria. A, a retro character like Rob is not going to be designed with the same things in mind as someone like Ike or King DDD. Like, different characters are going to be judged on different things. We might praise a character for something and then judge a character for doing the exact same thing. Very loosey-goosey here, but at the end of the day, we're just having fun. And today we are covering Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Yep, so Brawl was a very big game for the series, introduced a ton of characters. Uh, obviously, uh, the first game since Smash became sort of a household name of a series. Um, I know Melee was a big deal that catapulted the series from, hey, this is a pretty cool Japanese exclusive game that I guess we got into, oh, oh, this, this is the Kingmaker. Exactly, this is when Smash Bros. like really became like the system seller of the Nintendo consoles. Right up there with Mario yeah. Kart. Yeah, so we have a lot of really interesting designs morging into, I would say, the Nintendo B-list, but important characters for their series to round out, going away from necessarily the just-get-all-the-protagonists-in kind of design. Yeah, a lot of tertiary characters, a few antagonists, and some just odd choices that still kind of worked. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know about you, but Brawl is the game that I have the biggest swing with, where I have some designs that I absolutely adore, and then I have some designs that I just cannot stand, and very little middle ground. I definitely have a very top and bottom heavy list of my own as well. And as, as we did last time, we are going to go in order of announcement here, so just starting with Meta Knight and working our way through the roster. And that's a good place to start. How do you feel about Meta Knight, Beric? Well, he almost killed the Smash Brothers series, so uh, there's that about him, <laughs> which is an issue. Um, but uh, no, uh, going after this, uh, just talking about personal hype for the character for a second, Meta Knight was the first new character announced for Brawl, and as a person who got into gaming partly because of Kirby Superstar... Uh, yeah, this was big. This was, like, incredible to see this character be represented and be as cool as I remember him, not knowing just how much attention Kirby Superstar would get in the future. But still, um, Meta Knight is, hmm, I don't want to say necessarily a unique character. Uh, what he does isn't unique, but how he achieves it is unique, because he's a lot of small hits that build up, and then he takes you to the edge of the stage and sends you off. Uh, it's very much, I would say, 
a prototypical Bayonetta kind of design with him, only more focused on his multiple jumps. And I think that fits him with the Kirby series very well. Uh, but I feel like as time has gone on, he has a glaring issue, and it's a similar one to Bayonetta, that he doesn't... Meta Knight doesn't climax, <laughs> just to roll off that. Like, uh, he doesn't have a move or an endgame where it feels particularly good. He is a character designed to nickel and dime you. And in the Kirby series, he's an incredibly powerful character. Like, his sword, you swing it, and there's a bus driven by little Waddle Dees, and he swings the sword, and the bus goes and explodes. Like, that is the power of Meta Knight, and there's very little of that conveyed through Meta Knight's design. It's, it's a skill character, but he doesn't really have a capstone to his skill. And he had it in Brawl, but it was too good, and they've been nerfing him ever since to the point where it's kind of a struggle to be Meta Knight sometimes. I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree with that. I feel like one of his biggest problems is that so much of his, like his specials in particular, is based around these multi-hit spins, which are naturally designed more for just like shield pressure and like getting back to the stage. There's not really a heavy hitting like end move except for his down special, which I love, but it's not good enough to really fit that bill. It doesn't, nothing combos into it, which I think is a real shame because that kind of teleport behind you, nothing personal kid would be the perfect way to end combos for this character, but it just... It's not good enough. I would I would totally agree. Like, I would love it if, like, he did a down throw, and then he could do the nothing personal kid, and if he guessed what way you rolled correctly, you just died. Exactly, exactly. Like, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm down on the character. I think Meta Knight is, like, he's pretty solid overall. He's completely unique from the other sword fighters, being, like, very rapid-fire jabs, but he also has a lot of precision in his animations, which make him seem like a really, really skilled sword fighter, which is what he is, and it works. It's just like, again, I agree that it's... He's missing the power that I'd expect from the character. I don't think he needed, like, two tornado-based specials. If one of those was just, like, some sort of slower, heavy-hitting attack, that'd go a long way to fixing him, I think. Mm -hmm. I like that he is centered around the idea of finesse. Uh, my issue is he has so many multi-hitting moves... Like, especially his jab just being the wild slashes of <laughs> that, like, he just doesn't really stick the landing for me. It doesn't feel like necessarily a focused character toward the combo game. It feels like, yeah, you're doing a ladder that you got from one of your multi-hits that scoop the opponent up. Yeah, and I do feel like those, like the jab in particular seems a little too... Uh... I don't want to say disorganized, but it, he's, he seems a little too hyper for the personality of the character, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd expect him to be more poised, but he just swing, swings like he's just had, like, ten cups of coffee in the morning, which, like, is very unique when compared to the character, but not quite what I'd expect from him either. Mm -hmm. um, also, a little thing, I... I don't know if it's just because I love his anime voice and Kirby, use the sword, Kirby. <laughs> but I, I've never liked the Darth Meta Knight voice. You don't like to fight me. Come back when you can put up a fight. <laughs> I feel like it's just 
it's too mean-spirited for a character as honorable as Meta Knight. I know that takes from uh, Revenge of Meta Knight, but even there, he's a very, very honorable captain. And I just feel it's, it's leaning too much in that brawl, edgy direction for me. And it's never really corrected itself. Like, even like, oh, he's got a sick metal guitar version of the Kirby Victory Dance when you win with him. And I'm like, no, that's not Meta Knight. Meta Knight is like tragic salsa or something. Yeah, I totally agree. I'd love it if he had like a move where he threw a sword at to your, his opponents, like giving them an item, but increased his stats at the same time if he did that. Just being like, oh, okay, let's duel. Just something like that. Maybe in the mm-hmm. final smash or something. I don't know. I feel like the, it, it just needs a little more to fit that wandering samurai duelist kind of persona you know that he has. I actually did have an idea specifically for Meta Knight on what I would do to uh, enhance his character. In the Kirby games, there is a mode called Meta Nightmare. And in that mode, Meta Knight goes through a Kirby game to basically prove that, yeah, he can do it just by himself with his base skill set, and then he'll fight Galacta Knight at the end or whatever to prove that, you know, he's the best. But um, in that mode, when Meta Knight deals damage to enemies, he gains points, and he can use those points to uh, improve himself. So what I would love to do is give Meta Knight a meter. I know that sounds crazy, don't don't go after me, but I feel like he needs an incentive to continue hitting the opponent. And when he does that, he can activate Meta Quick, which in this context would basically be Shulk's Speed Monado art. So in that way, by continually comboing the opponent... By doing what he's meant to do, disciplined, constant damage, and constant pressure, he gets that speed boost to carry them off really, really quickly. He doesn't necessarily have the power, but he has the ability to overwhelm. And I feel like rewarding the skill aspect of Meta Knight will go a long way into improving his overall character and ideas for him. I would like that a lot. I know a lot of people have the opinion that uh, Kirby characters are generally supposed to be really simplistic. Like, you see that with all three of them. They all kind of, if you input a move in that direction, it does about what you'd expect for each of them. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like Meta Knight necessarily needs to be the same way. Um, I'm going to tell you outright, that's a lie, because uh, Kirby games have command inputs in them. And have for Superstar. Like, Kirby characters aren't necessarily easy to control the idea of that comes from i guess them being a beginner game and like i'm fine with that applying to kirby but if you're trying to translate how these characters function in their games they have evolved past that maybe not necessarily kirby but certainly ddd and meta knight have had a strong evolution over the years and i do agree i just wanted to mention that because i know that it's gonna pop up in the comments Oh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, and I'm glad that we have doused those immediately. Surely no one will have that opinion ever again. Of course. I, I Just a quick question. Which of his final smashes did you like more? The Dimensional Cape or his, uh, I don't even know what to call it, the, the final smash that half the roster has where they send you to the top of the stage and hit you a bunch of times? Uh, not uh, Strider Ragnarok, not that one. Uh, I like, uh, you know, come into my cape and let me smother you in infinite darkness. It, it uh, was, like, just 
slow and meaningless, but I just loved the... Like, I know we were just talking about the anime voice, but that, no, my power. Like, it was, that just hits so nicely when he says it. No, it, it works well. Like, for what they're going for, it's understands, and it has a gravitas to it that he is missing from whatever Galaxia Magic Force is. All right, so how, where, where do you have Meta Knight on your tier list? Just uh, based on what we've said uh, so far. I have Meta Knight in D, which is could be improved. Because I feel like he does have a lot, but he has issues at his core that I would love to see tweaked. Like, I feel like Brawl was the most complete version of Meta Knight, and since then, he's gotten less and less and less due to his reputation from Brawl. An earned reputation, just to be clear. Like, we're not saying oh, a, that- Oh, a totally earned reputation. He needs to be toned down. But instead of replacing that with anything or going with the evolution of the character since Brawl, it's just Meta Knight, but less. All right. I personally had him in Mixed, which was our, our C tier. Mm-hmm. But after this conversation, I feel like he could be better. Like, I-, I I like the Kirby characters in general, but Meta Knight's always been an odd one out just because his moveset doesn't quite fit his personality, and I'd like to see that fully fleshed out, because he's such a cool character that I'd love to see given proper justice. When you look at the cast, I don't think that there's another character that really screams, yes, this is the cool one, as much as Meta Knight. Right? Just looking at his render, just the cape billowing behind him, his expression as he's pointing his sword directly at you, like, it's just... Oh, he's such a cool character. Now, uh, you know, I wish he had Ike Quick Draw. I wish he had that with the same level of power instead of Drill Rush, and just make yeah, it a reference yeah. to Samurai. Make it a reference to Samurai Kirby. Now, a quick question: uh, okay. Do we want to organize these in regards to uh, like the characters we did last episode, or should we uh, organize them separately and then order them at the end of this like spiel? Uh, I would like to order them as we go, so that the thoughts are fresh, and then we're not going, oh god, what what did we say about Meta Knight? Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Samurai. Because <laughs> there is one other character in D tier right now, and that's Robin. I think uh, Meta Knight's better than Robin. I but, agree. Like, I agree. After our conversation <laughs> okay. last time, like, Meta Knight still works. Whereas you convinced me that yes. Robin needs some heavy retooling to properly fit his kit. Yes. All right. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. So, next up, we have Pit. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I first saw Pit, I had no idea who he was, and I thought he was a girl. Oh, uh, I recognized him from the trophy in uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee, because I'm an astute uh, viewer who knows who Ayumi Tachibana of Famicom Detective Club is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good reach, and I was like, Oh, he doesn't have a heart at the end of his bow. And, uh, you know, he's another character who is inferior to Sukapon from Joy Mech Fight, the greatest retro character to never get in Smash. Did you know that Joy Mech Fight for the NES had a roster of 32 different characters? I did not know that, but I'm loving this running gag. Please continue it. It is incredible. And only... No, I lied. 36 unique characters. I forgot the four boss characters that you unlock later. What an utterly incredible game. What a retro rep that is a missed opportunity. 
my son, my glorious son, Sukapon Joy Mech Fight, should be here instead of Pit. But anyway, Pit's okay. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. If Pit wasn't here, we would not have gotten Kid Icarus Uprising. And I wouldn't oh, trade that Oh, we could have gotten Uprising either way. I don't know, man. It was based off of his Smash design. and the, It was based Sakurai off of his Smash design, but like, yeah, I, I understand. But in, in a proper world, we also get a Joy Mech Fight sequel. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. They've both been deserving of more. I'll, I'll be honest, yeah, I did Uprising's not like Pit's original design. I'm, I'm not fond of multi-hit moves in general, they're just annoying, but Pit's but original... You, you don't love high yeah 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 No, not really. But like, his oh. original, just his upbeat felt weird. He had so many different, like, shield moves that I wasn't fond of. But then we got, like, the Uprising, like, influence of him from Smash 4 onwards, and he's felt a lot better since then. Uh, his, his moves are kind of broken. Like, of all the multi-hit characters, people's characters seem to fall out of his the most. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a definite knock against his design. But ultimately, I feel like he did a decent job of just translating Kid Icarus. Like, obviously, there was so much more they could have done with, like, the insane arsenal that Kid Icarus represents. But I feel like he he's one of those characters that he has a default weapon that I feel like he should use primarily kind of like how Link could use so many items but of course he should have the sword and shield as his go-to. Right, right. So I like that he has the the dual bladed bow because that's such a cool weapon. It's unique to the roster and he uses it very well. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pit? Pit is an interesting case for me because I I agree I found his uh, brawl appearance like he looks cool but god I'm not going to play him. And uh, his attacks generally weird. Overall, I think that Pit is a decent design, but he runs into this weird kind of category where he kind of does everything a little, but he excels at uh, nothing. And I don't think that's necessarily reflective of Pit. Like, uh, Pit is a savant, and he's sort of inherited the role that Mario usually fills, with Mario becoming a more combo-heavy character. And now here's Pit, like, yeah, he can jump pretty easily, he can multi-hit pretty easily, he can edge guard if he wants, he has a spike, it's not that good, but he can do it. Uh, he has a unique projectile, he has a reflector, he has uh, a burst movement option. Like, Pit has everything, but I don't know, I don't... Through his moveset, I don't really get the character of Uprising Pit. I don't get that really, really kind of cocky, but very clearly knows when he's in over his head kind of character, except for when he goes off the top and screams that he never <laughs> learned how to read. That's the best RKO by far. It is beautiful. I love it. I do wish he had more quips. I get that. Yes. the same way about Palutena. Just of all the characters, Kid Icarus Uprising just had such a phenomenal sense of humor that you just don't really get translated into the games. I, I will admit, I do appreciate uh, Palutena's guidance. I think that's a really nice addition, and I think that adds a lot to Pit in the same way that it added a lot to other characters who got stage specific taunts. Agreed, agreed. But then no one plays on Palutena's temple except to listen to those? <laughs> this is very true. So it, it's just, I don't know. Kid Icarus Uprising always feels weird because every single representation of it feels like a mishmash of ideas that don't coalesce together for me. 
from Palutena's custom moves to Palutena's temple to even the choices they made to represent Uprising for Pit with the arm and the orbitars. Like, there's a lot of unique stuff in Icarus Uprising that I feel like we did not entirely get. Like, there's, like, the Viridi Palm, which would have been fun to see referenced or used, and, I don't know, a lot of it feels just really safe to me. Like, oh, Pitt had a side B where he moves forward and reflects projectiles. Here's that again. Pitt had a shield down B. Here's that again, but with the Icarus skin. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like Smash Brothers has a problem of just being too scared to change up characters because oh people like these characters we don't want to get rid of their main that might be the only reason we they keep them even though the gameplay changes from every single installment making that point kind of moot absolutely like who, who am i saying here like oh no my precious dedede sama no longer has waddle d toss what am i to do i guess i hate him now yeah, it's not like Gordos are so much more fun or anything, but whatever. Don't be mean to my Waddle Dees. Only I could be Waddle mean to D my Waddle Dees. should be a Dees. character. You're correct. I'm not being bullied. I think he deserves more. But yet, Pit is a character that I feel like they took a half step toward evolving him, and then they just stopped. It's not like other characters haven't been evolved. Like, hell, Mario got Flood. Link other examples. That's yeah, two. Link got remote bombs, <laughs> yeah. Uh, DK had his hand slap changed in the air. Bowser had flying slam to totally added. It's it's funny, like, I feel like Pit was the perfect opportunity to, like, show off all these cool things from Uprising. He didn't do it, and then we got Dark Pit as well, who didn't do it again. Which is just, it's kind of frustrating. I'm actually, of the Echoes, I'm totally okay with Dark Pit being the same as pit because yeah that that's just that's literally what it is in the game but he's edgier and more aggressive and they made him edgier and more aggressive so i think of the echoes like i'm okay with uh, dark pit like i think that's a well-realized joke so to speak i i can see where you're coming from i, I guess it's more of just i wish it comes from that wanting more from pits it's like, oh, if you didn't do it here, you could have at least done it here, and they didn't do either, which is just a little frustrating to me. I do like Dark Pit's Final Smash. I know people look at that and say, like, oh, it's just so simple, but there's a very simple satisfaction of just pointing a gun and just instant destruction. I like that from his staff. That's really fun. I do kind of wish that he used the Dark Pit staff instead of the bow, though, just as his projectile, because, like, yeah. that's the weapon named after you, buddy. This is like some Ganondorf sword shit. Use it more. <laughs> they even put the staff in it as an item. They couldn't just retool that, tweak it a little bit? No. No, it's too much. Alright, so based off this conversation, where do you think Pitt's ranks? I just want to say before we go on, uh, oh, yeah, Pitt would have been the perfect character to introduce custom moves with. Right? Like, it fits so much better with him than with Palutena. Ugh. But no, we can't change him because he's already been in the game. Yep. I've had, I have both pits in D tier. I feel that both just really need a tune-up, both in making their multi-hits actually work, 
but also in just the philosophy of who they are because, you know, Uprising is such a strong action game, a strong rushdown focused action game in, in the same vein that Star Fox is. And I don't get the same f- joy of motion with uh, Pit and Patu that I do with the Spaceys. And I think that's inherently to their detriment. Like, their series has evolved past Kid Icarus original, but they still feel the need to keep the design of Kid Icarus original because that's what they base the brawl design off of. And I, I feel that that's holding them back as representing their character. That is an interesting comparison because, like, like yeah, they still kind of play towards that floatier, lighter feeling of a Metroidvania, which really doesn't fit Dark Pit, especially because, like, he's never been in one. Yep. Well, since we were just talking about the D tier, where do you think they rank in terms of... I feel like Meta Knight does the... They, these two characters kind of have a very similar problem of being like that... They both carry you off the stage. Meta Knight's just better at it. Yes. Whereas Pit just doesn't really do anything. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Pit is better in characterization than Meta Knight, but he's worse in gameplay realization than Meta Knight. And that could, which would you say is the more important then? So I, I, uh, I kind of uh, feel I like Meta Knight's design better. I agree. I feel like I feel like you could sell someone on a Kirby game with Meta Knight. And I feel like if you tried to do that with Pit, they'd kind of get uprising, but then it'd be a totally different ballpark and uh their hand would die. Well, their hand's going to die regardless. Like I love uprising, but that control scheme's weird. <laughs> like it works for the system, I get it, but also oh god, my hand. Pit should just have a move where he shoots your right hand. <laughs> Where, like, he comes out of the TV and he just shoots you in the right hand. It, it just causes that Joy-Con to vibrate uncontrollably. They That'd add a funny. spike inside the Joy-Con. <laughs> and every so often, if you get hit with a smash attack, it'll come out and pierce your hand. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, what about in re- regards to Robin? Like, do you put them uh, in between Meta Knight and Robin? I would. I would put them in between those two. And then which do you think does it better? Pit or Dark Pit? Yes, <laughs> but I, I don't know how to respond to that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Like, I guess Pitt, because he's from the actual game that uh, his base is from in the original Kid Icarus. But uh, yeah, I guess Pitt, because he has that and he has the Palutena's guidance. All right. All right. I can agree with that. Well, I have some very strong opinions about our next one. And that, that is Zero Suit Samus. Zero Suit Samus is a character that I honestly feel shouldn't exist in the first place. I actually have her all the way down at the bottom because I, okay. I feel like her very existence compared to Samus actively damages both of their designs because it prevents Samus from being a fully realized character because half her traits are spliced between these different interpretations of her. Interesting. Like, for example, Samus is supposed to be this... Like, p- playing a Metroid game, especially the 2D one, Samus is a very nimble character that can easily, like, jump around the bosses as she's firing at them. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't designed with that in mind when she was originally added to the game. So I feel like they found Zero Suit Samus as a way of just, like, first of all, getting that more nimble, athletic fighter, but also just to kind of piece together what was missing about her. But it, it creates this weird just... 
split of the character's design. That said, I don't think it's a bad design at all. It feels closer to how competent of a fighter that Samus should be, when compared to, like, I have so many problems with the original Samus that we'll get to eventually, but... I like her paralyzer. I feel like it fits the character. I don't like the jet boots, but, like, sure, it, it distinguishes her. It's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that's a weird flourish. Right, right. It, it, she didn't need it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's hard for me to overlook that having Z- Zero Suit Samus and Samus in the same game kind of just defeats the point of what that suit represented in Metroid, because that was her... That was her... That was... The only time that ever appeared, that was her stealth segment. That's one of She was like, okay, I can't actually fight in this form. I'm not on the same level as the space pirates anymore, so I've got to be sneaky. Got to be... Got to stun them. And did I, you I, play Zero Mission? I did. I did. Okay. Okay, good. Good. Because that segment is amazing. It I is love that amazing. segment. Like, I wish the Metroid games would, like, toy with that more often. Like, Metroid's so good when you actually have something actively hunting you that you can't really fight... Mm-hmm. Like, that's why the SAX was so great. Oh, absolutely. So, Zero Suit Samus is very interesting to me for the sake of the fact that I feel like basing it on that one stealth segment, she is super, super well-realized. The fact that most of her moves are evasion-based and keeping at a distance, uh, the flip kick... The way that she has a stall and fall to get out of certain situations, that she has a dodge right into her up B, which then allows you to... Well, her new up B. Her old up B sucked. Yes. Uh, Grapple Whip sucked. But uh, her new up B, which is the jet kick, that's a really, really fun flourish that characters like Meta Knight and Pit wish they had. And I love basing it around Samus's natural athleticism and uh, the idea of movement in Metroid not based on your own, not based on the upgrades of your suit. It's very skill-based because there are two big trains of thought in building a Metroid character, that being the full arsenal that is Samus Aran Endgame, where you feel like a god and nothing threatens you because you have options for everything, which isn't represented in Smash, but, like, Charge Shot exists. And then you have your ability to move through the game, to sequence break, to look at the environment, take advantage of it, and outmaneuver your opponents. And I feel like Zero Suit Samus allows them to be able to represent that in another character, You know, that is Samus, that is representing that core, because that core of Metroid is so important to its identity, more than any other character, more than any other representation, the feel of Metroid is what matters. And I think that Zero Suit Samus fulfills that role really, really well, and her issue is that the other Samus does not pick up her end of the bargain. All right, all right. I haven't considered this perspective before, and I kind of like that, just comparing it more to Metroid's movement. Would you be upset that Zero Suit Samus existed if Samus' uh, Power Suit felt better to play? No, I, I wouldn't be upset about that. Like, if, if, Sam, if Power Suit Samus actually felt like what it should feel like, I mean, I, ideally, I'd want both of them to be blended into a single character just to get that feeling of just all around. But if it was like, okay, we're going to split this, I do feel like Zero Suit Samus does her end of the bargain well, now that you've 
mm-hmm. like showing me this train of thought and obviously the regular samus doesn't but we'll get to that eventually right see the the issue that i find with that is that i just think it would be cluttered if you gave that all to samus unless you gave her loadouts and the like but that's not how metroid goes that's how Mega Man goes samus is not a select the right thing for the right thing outside of unlocking doors she's an all-in-one package that cycles through it all so i feel like delineating those two into the joy of movement in metroid and the joy of metroid's power should be an approach that is taken and I feel like they tried to do that with the original Brawl interpretation, with uh, it being Samus uses her full arsenal and now she's in the Zero Suit based on her armor crumbling from the sheer power of her final smash. And that's a neat idea. It also sucked, but <laughs> like, because the issue, like, one of the biggest things with subspace, and I feel okay mentioning subspace in this because it was so important for introducing the character of these characters. Yes. Is that uh, you have Zero Suit Samus with Pikachu infiltrating the facility, and then you go and you get the power suit, and it says Samus, and then you realize, ah, oh, yeah, I've upgraded to a low tier. <laughs> like, no, but seriously, right? That's what, okay. I've been trying to think of a, a comparison I could use, just looking over the other roster, and I think I've got it. Samus okay. and Zero Suit Samus feels to me like if you took Toon Link, and then that segment in the Forsaken Fortress where he doesn't have his sword, and then made those separate characters. Like, if you're taking like the same character in different power levels of their game, and making them, well, I'd say equal, but regular Samus sucks so much more, which is even worse... I just okay. maybe it's a mar- maybe I'm not giving Zero Suit Samus enough credit, and I should just be bashing on Samus when we get to her eventually. But it just irks me. Well, you're doing a pretty good job of that. Balance not gonna lie. Is there. Also, I will admit I am very salty. I was salty about Zero Suit Samus for the longest time because we got we had a chance to get another Metroid character, and it wasn't Ridley for three whole games. So that that, that I will admit, there's like eight years buildup of just looking at Zero Suit Samus and asking why. But that's not. Her. The design of the character's fault. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I understand. My my one issue is that even from the Link comparison, like, Link has a supporting cast that is equal to him in importance in Zelda and Ganondorf. Samus has herself, and then a big drop-off, and then you have Mother Brain Ridley the baby. Fair enough, fair enough. And there is so much to Samus that it's important to represent it. It's like it's like the delineation between, say, Link and Young Link. If Young Link had transformation masks, it, it would be important to represent that character. And it would feel weird if, say, Skull Kid represented the transformation masks. I, I feel the same way with Zero Suit Samus representing movement in Metroid. All right, you got me with that comparison. I I, I get you now, I get you. Uh, I still don't like the rocket boots. I just want to throw that out. I feel like that's a pointless addition that kind of takes away from how strong Samus is. Yeah, her butt looked good without them. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong, but... (laughs) Also, props to not changing her voice actress to the other M voice actress. Right, Good work there. I feel so terrible for that voice actress because I know it's just her direction. But gosh, good work. 
Isn't it like the voice actress that's um uh female Commander Shepard? I can't remember her name. It- I don't think it's Jen Hale. Regardless, it's a good voice actress. That has always been my um my canon voice for Samus, her Zero Suit voice in uh, Smash mm-hmm. Brothers. Yes. So I had Zero Suit in B because I enjoyed what she brought to the table. I'm willing to move her to C or D depending on your feelings. I'm more towards C because I feel like her issues are her footwear and the fact that regular Samus isn't pulling her own weight. Yeah, and that's more of regular Samus's fault. Yeah, you, you have convinced me to just... I've been slowly moving her up throughout these conversations. Ah, uh, I, I, I think I'd be down with C, because even with the movement options, I've, I, I'm, I'm sorry to keep focusing on the jet boots, but like, I feel like canonic, canonically Samus is one of the strongest characters on the roster, even without her suits. Okay. Um, Which is kind of why it's... Hmm. Well, mm, mm. I think Ken could beat her up. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like Samus has got... Has got a chance. Regardless, that's not important. That's not important. Look, Ryu's got the power of nothingness, which is the dumbest name, but apparently it's strong <laughs> enough to beat a Mayan god or something. And he's just a hobo. Yeah, I, I could get down with C-tier for Zero Suit Samus. Alrighty. Uh, so we're in C-tier. <laughs> Okay, so ju- just as a reminder, we've got a lot in C tier already. We got Ryu, Ken, Rosalina, Bayonetta, me Brawler, Shulk, me Gunner. How would you compare her to Bayo? Which do you prefer? Uh, Bayo after it- it's it's hard because like I learned the most about Bayonetta from our last conversation about the series, right? Uh, from how you described, Bayonetta is missing a lot more than what she could do. Whereas Zero Suit Samus, I feel like between her shortcomings not being fully her fault, and me really just having, like, a few strong... I don't want to call them nitpicks because I feel it's stronger than that, but a few stronger problems. I feel like she's definitely better than Bayonetta. I'd rank her over Rosalina as well. Okay. Uh, I'll give I'll give you over Bayo under Rosa. Okay, okay. I can get down with that. Because I, I do feel that Rosalina's connection with the Luma... Yeah, a character with a connection with the baby is stronger than this character. <laughs> so. I am glad that they didn't, like, try to throw in baby references to either Samus. Like, I, I respect them for not I wish she had a victory that. screen where, like, she pets the baby or something. I would hate that. No, no, let her feed the little baby. It's like, yeah, this is the baby. <laughs> I would accept a final smash where the baby comes in to assist. Like, it has always felt weird that her final smash just involves her turning into a low-tier character and then blasting the screen. Yeah. Like, where, where's that Where's that power it, it, in regular Samus? It's weird that it isn't a rainbow laser. Right? What is with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I is such an obvious comparison that they just don't do it. Ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But, regard, I... I You've opened my eyes to, like, what Zero Suit Samus is bringing to the table. I, I respect the character a lot more now, and I don't like regular Samus even more for that. Yeah, no, you've, you've opened my eyes to, oh, I dislike regular Samus a lot more than I thought. And we haven't even talked about her, except when we did. We'll get to that eventually, but first we have to- Oh my gosh! Okay. Okay, uh, for, for context for the people watching, we've been kind of teasing each other with just, like- character rankings just before our recordings just just for the fun of it you were talking about characters that you really don't like and i could not figure out for the life of me 
what this character could be that was like damaging their reputation. I think I know what you were talking about now. Am oh, I do correct? you? You're very correct. All right. Okay, give me your spiel on Wario. <laughs> okay, so Wario is a character that I have wanted since Smash 64. Like, he's up there with... Uh, when I unlocked Jigglypuff, I thought that there were three unlockable characters in my little child brain. And those characters were Bowser, King K. Rool, and Gengar. But if there was a fifth, it would have been Wario. <laughs> I don't know why Gengar. I, I don't know, man. Gengar would have been cool. Uh, Gengar would be cool. I, I love Gengar. It's like, it's Gengar. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Melee comes and there's no Wario, just a trophy. But I'm like, okay, yeah, no, Wario is the biggest name missing from this game. He is a big, big personality and a big, big get. Brawl comes. He comes riding in on his WarioWare bike, on his chopper, looking all confident with his shit-eating grin. He crashes in. He eats shit like a loser. He looks at everyone, and then he farts and everyone dies. This nuclear fart is the most defining aspect that Wario has ever had. So much so that it has completely overridden every single other aspect of his character. No other character's interpretation in a Super Smash Bros. game has damaged their public perception as much as Wario has. Before this, you know, he was gross, he was off-kilter, he was weird, but he was never gross out. He was always, yeah, this is a weird, over-exaggerated way of life of Mario turning from selflessness to self-indulgence. Mario turned up to 11 and made selfish, but he was never gross farty man. He is now gross farty man, and everything that he has done since, with the exception of Wario Land Shake It, has enforced his opinion in the public consciousness as gross funny man. He has completely replaced the cognitive Wario in the, in the Nintendo mementos that originally existed. And he has his upsides. He has excellent animations. I utterly cannot forgive this character. This is the one character in Smash whose appearance as he is makes me upset. Thoughts? I mean, I can't disagree with you. Like, I've, I've always known that that's... People always talk about in Smash speculation that there's, like, two Warriors. There's the Warrior Wear... Warrior Wear? Wario Wear. That Warrior Wear sounds awesome. I want to oh, see that yeah. Wario game. But anyway, there's that interpretation of the character, then there's the more strong man, greedy guy that's in, like, the Wario Land games. I've never played the Wario Land series, but I've played, like, the sports games in Mario Party, and even then, it's weird to see that just split personality of who this character is and smash brothers only really only gets that one side like i know people are like oh she's got a shoulder charge that's that's all he needed but really no wario is animated very weirdly in a way that like really fits his warrior wear interpretation but it completely sacrifices the rest of his character for that like he's got the the jittery animations that kind of feel minigame-ish his proportions swell to absurd extents throughout his animations, which, again, works really well if you're taking only the WarioWare games into account. But 
that's not all the character is. And I'd argue it's the I'd argue it's the least important, less important aspect of the character, but I've not well, actually, no, I, I would argue that because even with my lesser experience of the character, I still think that way and that he's got his entire series that was just sacrificed for these minigame compilations. Right, and I'm not trying to say for the fact that, oh, uh, Wario Land is less important than WarioWare or WarioWare doesn't matter in the face of Wario Land. No, all of these aspects still make up Wario, but even in... The context of WarioWare, where he was chosen as the mascot because, yeah, Wario seems stupid enough to do this dumb minigame bullshit. I still don't think the farty man persona fits him. Like, he's goofy, but the reason that he's allowed to be goofy is that he's a treasure-hunting millionaire extraordinaire who is superhuman and lets his friends beat him up and experiment on him so that he can trick them into being wage slaves with horrible crunch conditions. Like, there's still an aspect of Wario in the WarioWare series that is missing from Smash, and even if you give him a full WarioWare interpretation of the character, which I don't think is enough for Wario... I, I feel like that strong man, the Carney strongman identity that built Wario up was very, very necessary. But even if you focus on WarioWare exclusively, I don't think that it's enough for his character. I feel like he should be a lot more reckless, a lot more hurting himself when he tries to do moves. Like, the closest they've ever gotten was his original Wario Man Final Smash, where he just jets around doing random moves that kind of work and link together, and then his bike kills himself. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> that, that. That's Wario. That's the best. And they changed it into an animation that's just weird cartoon uh, comic book hijinks that doesn't really fit Wario. Like, Wario is a man who fought a giant, ugly sumo T-Rex, beat it up, and pile-drived it despite the fact that it was 20 times his size. I, I have an important question for you here. Are you familiar with the Smash 64 Remix mod? Yes, I am. That Wario is what I... Uh, do, how do you feel about that interpretation of Wario? I love that Wario. Because That's what I it, thought. When you hit the shoulder bash, it feels like the Wario Land shoulder bash. Wario... Wario has a very, very specific weight to him that is not carried over through Smash, but he has a very specific little bit of burst momentum. And God, there are things about Wario that just annoy me. The fact that he shares so little of his normals in common with Mario annoys me because he's supposed to be Mario turned up to 11 or turned weird. Like the whole concept of Wario Land is that Oh, enemies aren't obstacles, they're toys for you to use. Uh, Mario speeds through levels, Wario kinda waddles through them. Wario has weird versions of Mario's power-ups. Enemies don't kill Wario, they just kinda slow him down and bully him. Like, he's missing his reverse Mario identity, he's missing his strongman identity outside of, like, having the wild swing ding, and I guess his weird wind-up punch that he has. And he has some WarioWare, but it doesn't go all the way in sort of that 
quick, frantic nature of, oh, God, I got to do this. I got to do this. Or else I'm going to blow up. Wah! Like, a, a thing that hurts me is that uh, during the development of New Super Mario Bros. Wii, someone asked Miyamoto, why is it uh, Yellow and Blue Toad? Why isn't it a character like Peach or Wario? And Miyamoto offhandedly joked like it was nothing in the world. Well, if it was Wario, we would have to add a farting animation. And just, that wasn't Wario. That still isn't Wario. But this public perception of him is so ingrained that it's damaging to the character. It's damaging to the Wario brand. And I hate that. Wario is one of my favorite Marioverse characters, up there with DK, Bowser, Admiral Bobbery, and Flavio. Alright, so obviously, like, bottom of the tier list for you. Is he, like, your last one? Uh, I have him third to last. I still have him above Mega Man, because, like, even though I say all of this, I still find Wario fun to play. I still find that there are good things in his design. I feel like Chomp fits him really well. I feel like the bike is a fun mechanic. Uh, I feel like some of his attacks, like his new tilt where he just slaps you on the ass, that's hilarious. I love that. And he looks like, yeah, he's getting away with this bullshit. And it feels good. There's, there's a lot of good in Wario, but the bad overweighs it to such a degree for me that it, like, it goes beyond personal disappointment it goes to the fact that i think that it hurts i've I've seen it hurt others opinion of him and what he is and that sucks i can definitely see where coming from and i agree i I will say that if wario wasn't wario if this like design was just in some sort of universe not attached to him i would like it a lot more i would still hate waft well, yeah, I'd still hate Waft, but, like, the idea of, like, this wacky cartoon character with these just these strange animations and, like, really awkward, just fat... He's such an uh, bizarre character of being, like, this heavy, floaty... Like, being able to do, like, three up-air claps in a row without touching the ground. I do like that. It's just... Wrong character. Would you give it to Waluigi? Uh, oh. Uh, Maybe. That might fit a little I wouldn't, bit better. I wouldn't quite, but I feel like it's an idea for Waluigi, at the I mean, very I, I least. I feel like anything would fit Waluigi, to be fair. Well, yeah, like, no, you're is right. such a flexible character for any kind of moveset. But I do feel like Wario just lacks the power that I'd expect from him. Exactly. Uh, his Smash Ultimate Classic mode is uh, titled I'm a Gonna Ween in English, which sucks and doesn't say anything, but... Uh, in Japanese, I believe it's, I am the strong, beware my superpower. And his, it's supposed to be him fighting all of the characters with the strongest knockback to prove that he is the absolute strongest. And let me tell you, that's not conveyed at all. I would have no idea unless someone told me, because the superpower aspect of Wario is so removed from Smash Brothers. Yeah, just based off of his current... Moveset. I'd honestly expect his classic. Mo- like if, was, if his classic was based off of what his design in Smash is, just to be like a random, actually just completely random. It just throws you into various situations, picks a spirit match, and throws you against that. Yep. Or like Super Sun Death matches. <laughs> that actually be kind. Of, I, why isn't there a classic mode of that? That actually be kind of sick. It'd be the first one. It's it's a micro match. You got to finish it. <laughs> 
Do you think he's worse than Little Mac? Just since we're placing him properly. Do I think he is? Yes. Do Because that just hurts more to me, this interpretation of Wario. Basically, I'm here for you to talk me up. Because I, I'm willing to compromise. Because I know my specific ire for this character design is great. And I'm willing to compromise. But... Well, I'm in the basement. <laughs> I don't feel much of a need to compromise because I, I know I know that this divide exists in the fan base, and I've never like just fart jokes are like the lowest of the low in terms of like effort for comedy. I've never liked them, and just having a character whose entire gimmick is that when it wasn't the character's thing in the first place, just as it's always felt dumb for me. I like the idea of having this super powerful move that's built up over the entire game, but Wario doesn't feel like the right character to do it, and even if he was, having it be just this atomic fart just feels like the wrong thing to do for him. Yeah. There's there's a lot of little things I'd love to give Wario, like Tough Guy. I would love to give Wario Tough Guy to oh, represent. That'd be great. Or uh King K. Rool's gut check. I feel that that fits Wario really well. Just literally a t- an attack that bounces off of him because he's so strong and fat. All right. Well, you, you've solidified his place in F tier for me. I, I, I do. Well, before we move on from that, I have one more question. Okay. Lots of people talk about like either adding like a second Wario to represent his Wario wear so you can have both of them, or just like custom movesets having like this as his Wario wear stuff and his one for his Wario land stuff. Like, we've already talked about how you don't really feel like it fits the character in the first place, but if that were the case, would you feel more favorably about the character? Or would this still just be stupid to you? I mean, I would enjoy Wario just being strong and whatnot, but uh, I feel like this wear persona that he's been given would still get top billing, so I would prefer a remix. It's not like Samus and Zero Suit Samus, where I feel like there are clearly two trains of thought, and you can't mix them together while getting the totality of Samus. It's no, no, there's definitely a full picture of Wario here, and you can use it. You can have Wild Swing Ding and Corkscrew Conk, and have a rotten day, and still have uh, the bike and the chomp and whatnot, or the ass slap, whatever. You could still have a Wario Man Final Smash. A lot of this still can be done. It's just not being used properly or being ignored in favor of this interpretation of him that exists because of Smash Brothers or exists because of the idea of WarioWare rather than what WarioWare actually is. All right. So that I feel that's a pretty solid just F tier for sure then. He makes me sad and, you know, <laughs> Like, of, of all the characters, like, I look at Palutena, and I feel like, yes, they deserve better. Little Mac, yes, they deserve better. Mega Man, oh, my poor sweet baby boy. Wario, it's like, it's it's not even Wario. Like, it, it is, because it made, it made him into Wario. This Wario. And I hate it. All right. Now, the character after this, I know you have some very strong opinions on, but can I say something first? Please do. Oh my god, I I need some water here. (laughs) All right, all right. So I know a lot of people 
have strong complaints about this character that I used to share a lot of. Like, I was one of those characters that was like, oh, Solid Snake, he's this, he's like the face of the stealth genre, but he's nothing but explosives. Oh my gosh, this is so wrong. He doesn't have his guns. It's so wrong. I have also never played Metal Gear. And the more I learned about the series and the more I've just talked to Birakong, the more I've grown to love this design. So I just asked people who thought the same thing that I used to to just keep an open mind and I'll turn it over to you to explain why this is a good design. Okay, so uh, first of all, I don't think that any character in Smash has the impact that Snake has. Uh, I feel like even if you did not know who he was at the end of the Brawl trailer, this was the floodgates opening up. This was the ability to show that anyone can be in Super Smash Brothers, any video game character at least. And that opens up everything. Snake, I think the, the biggest thing to keep in mind, Solid Snake is the man who makes the impossible possible. And it's a reason why when Everyone Is Here was announced, Snake was the poster boy of that. He was the impossibility that got away. But no, he came back home. So I think insofar as impact goes, Snake is a Smash Brothers legend. Absolutely. The first time I ever experienced Snake was Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Other than maybe seeing a picture of twin snakes in an EGM uh, or some sort of uh, magazine, and I learned that you can shoot Yoshi on Otacon's desk and he makes a one-up sound. And I went into Snake, and I fought against Captain Falcon on New Pork City. And I was like, ah, yeah, this is going to be a fight between two super athletic buff dudes. It's going to be so cool. And I hated playing as Snake. He was slow. He was weird. Uh, he felt odd to use in the air. Nothing he did felt right. And then I started experimenting with him more. And just just a little more with like the grenades and the Nikita and uh, the C4 and the landmines. And I realized Snake plays like no one else in Smash. And you have to remember, uh, Metal Gear's tagline isn't the ultimate stealth experience. It is tactical espionage action. And in all senses, Snake utterly embodies that. His moves are based around creating an obstacle course for your opponent to avoid, while also making it very temporary. You can't lay his traps down forever. They eventually explode or very quickly explode. So you have to constantly be changing up your game plan in order to outthink your opponent. Snake is by far the most cerebral character in the game, to the point where even the CPU knows that you can blow yourself up with the C4 in order to recover. Like, level 9 CPUs will do that. They'll miss it after, like, doing it three times in a row, but they will do it. Snake is about utilizing your creativity to the fullest, about realizing that you are outmatched by your opponent, because you're fighting Big Buff Monkey, the King of Evil, Weird Farty Man, Robot, Other Robot, uh, the Power of Nothingness Hobo, Space Pirate, <laughs> God. And Snake is just a dude. Like, he's a really competent dude, but he's just a dude. So to compensate for that, he makes up for it with using every last bit of tactical know-how he knows, 
just want to throw in real quick that he's the Batman of the Smash Brothers roster. He is, but the thing is, everyone goes, oh, Batman with prep time. Snake doesn't have prep time. He makes everything up on the fly. Like, in his games, you start with maybe a pistol if you're lucky. In Metal Gear Solid 1, you don't even start with that. You start with your hands and a pack of cigarettes you smuggled in with you inside of your stomach acid so that you could have a good luck charm. (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's incredible. There's a reason for it. And then you get to use it as an item. And it slowly drains your health because smoking is bad for you. It's great. (laughs) But you look cool. But yeah, Snake is just... The conceit of Metal Gear Solid isn't that no one knows Snake is there. Very often, people figure out very quickly, oh shit, Solid Snake is here. We have to plan around that. And it's up to Snake to outthink his opponent. It's not a matter of that Snake is never detected. His enemies very often know that either Solid Snake is going to show up, or Solid Snake is here, How do we use that to our advantage? The fights in Super Smash Bros. are a snake that has already been found, so he is using his tools in the most expert way possible in order to best make advantage of that. And he has so many options in Smash. C4 alone opens up so much, there is no better feeling than having an opponent get stuck by C4, not realize it, send them off stage. And then you go, now. And they don't know what happens, but they realize too late that they're already dead. It is the best feeling. It is utterly incredible. Uh, Playing around his grenades that he constantly has to figure out how to use and can use to get him out of a sticky situation. He doesn't get out unscathed. He takes the damage too, but he can still escape and reassess and figure out what else he has to do. He has the Nikita, which I know people will call oppressive, and in a sense, it is. But it's not always the best option against every recovery. It's an option against some recoveries, but he might be better off uh, setting up traps or trying to predict how his opponent moves, because if they dodge that one option, he is screwed. I often liken uh, Snake's fights to one that he has against Vulcan Raven in Metal Gear Solid 1. And this is a very, very buff man who has a minigun that he stole from a fighter jet attached to his back, who has the ability to shoot out ravens from his head that mark your soul or something. I don't know. It's, it's weird. But you ha- the fight against him is if you fight him head on, you will die. So you run around this giant cold storage room, setting mines, setting C4, trying to bait him into your traps, throwing grenades around corners, using the remote control missile, and trying to get him at his back so he doesn't just shoot it down instantly. And just that is captured so, so perfectly in Snake's movesets. And yeah, he has some good close quarters combat on top of that. That's obvious. But he struggles at that mid-range. He struggles when you overwhelm him. He struggles when he's not in control and is all about getting that control back. And it's just, it's such a brilliant design that I just think, I think Snake is one of the best designs in all of Super Smash Brothers. 
And that's even considering that he's a very loud, very explosive character. All right, I hope people can see why I've been changing my mind about this character. Because that was a beautiful spiel. Well done. And he has Codex! I wish they add more for Brawl, but I understand why not, because that whole Metal Gear series, oh, I don't want to touch that post-2015. Very fair, very. I do still wish he had a little bit more of that stealth side of him. Like, either a, like, maybe if he uses his box taunt, he can actually get out of it and sneak around without people realizing he's no longer in the box. Or just like a shield special where he activates his camo index, or just, just something like that. But even then, like, listening to you, like, have your... I've, I've, I've heard several of these spiels, by the way, about just what, how Pyrrhic feels about Snake, and you have absolutely convinced me that he's an amazing character design, because he is. The more I learn about Metal Gear, the more I realize he embodies that just getting into an opponent's head and just always being several steps ahead of them if you play Snake well. Do, do you think the lack of guns hurts him at all, or does that not even matter? No, it it doesn't even matter. Guns aren't the star of Metal Gear's show. And in fact, if you're using a gun that isn't his Trank pistol, you're probably playing the game in a poor way. Like, Metal Gear actively rewards you for not killing a single enemy other than what's required of you. So, I, I don't feel that the gun is important. What's important is Snake overcoming the odds, rising above hate, and being the hero of everyone. The man who makes the impossible possible. Then out then. Uh, one more question before we place him on the tier list. How do you feel about the Project M interpretation of the character? The one that has the Trank gun and the combat knife and the amazing cigarette taunt that I wish was in the game, but I understand why it isn't. Just how do you feel about that one? That is a really fun interpretation of the character. Remind me what it takes away from him. Uh, you lose Nikita, and I, th I, th I think he still has grenades. I think he still has C4. Yeah, he definitely has C4. Okay. Uh, I think that might be it, actually. I, 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 it's been a while, but I'll, all I remember is that the side special got replaced by uh, Trank Gun to uh, from, from Nikita, and then I think it's like his forward tilt or forward smash that becomes. Yeah, he loses the bazooka for a kind of a link forward smash almost, just with a combat <laughs> knife. I'm not a big fan of the combat knife one, just because I understand why, but I like still having the big explosive option. Like, I feel that does fit Snake, where you're trying to use the right tool for the job, and I feel like combat knife is just an extension of his tilts, basically. But I, I do like Trank Pistol to an extent. Like, it works, it does fit the Mel Gear universe well, it uh, adds in some more of that uh, MGS3 big boss aspects that uh, are kind of missing from Snake's kit, but it's weird where he's sort of a composite of solid and naked Snake anyway, but, uh, eh. Like, I, I don't know, I put them on about equal footing. Because I do like the risk-reward that Nikita offers, and I know for a lot of people, it does mitigate risk a lot. But I do like the fact that it's a move that is very, very easy to overcommit with. For sure, for sure. S Snake is a character that I just hate playing against, especially when the Snake player is good. Because oh, see, I love playing against him, even if I'm a character with a horrible matchup with him. Hence, Donkey Kong. Like, what does Donkey Kong do against him? I have to figure that out. 
I have to figure out what's the opportunity to shield and what's the opportunity to get in. I feel like I always get better as a player when I fight against a snake. All right. That's that's an interesting perspective. I like that. So obviously you've got Snake and Nest here. Like that. that 100%. He is top three for me. Nice. Okay. I have him in A tier, but I could easily like agree to him being in S tier. I don't know if I'll have him like at the top of S tier, like especially since there's characters I love more. But like I would be down for him being our first S tier based on just how you've convinced me over the years about how good his design is. It's it's not just his design, it's the impact he has, it's what he means to the Smash franchise, it's how well his character is conveyed. I played Metal Gear Solid because of Solid Snake in Super Smash Brothers, and I love that series because of this interpretation of him. Very nice. Yeah, I can't... I haven't played Metal Gear Solid myself, but I am trying to... I'm currently, like, right now trying to get into it. And I look forward to seeing that myself. I look forward to seeing you look forward to seeing that. <laughs> Alright, yeah, do you have anything more to say on Snake? Or do you think we're no, good? No, uh, can you, uh, S-tier, and uh, he's he's fantastic. And, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fight you over that, whoever you are. Overly loyal straw man viewer. I'll take you for snake's sake. <laughs> All uh, right. Yeah, go go ahead and start the next one. I, uh, oh, my throat. <laughs> what, you don't want to go on another spiel on Ike? He's cool. He does Aether. Okay, so Pokemon trainer. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I, I do like, I, Ike is my favorite of the Fire Emblem cast. Just, just straight up. I feel like people always say like, oh, Marth's the face of the franchise. No. Marth isn't the face of the franchise anymore. That is clearly, clearly Ike. He's by far the most popular, most recognizable character in the Fire Emblem series. When people do those polls on like that Fire Emblem mobile game, Fire Emblem Heroes, Ike is always the top of the list in terms of the male characters. And I feel like that is because of Super Smash Brothers. People were expecting like, okay, Marth's back, but actually no, Ike was revealed before Marth. Yep. And people were introduced to like, oh, who's this super badass, like, he looks like a kid, but he's also using this two-handed sword in a single hand, and it's awesome. And then you get to play as Ike, and you realize that he's just, he's a one-man wrecking machine using this insanely, he's what Cloud should have, oh, I think we talked about this last time, but he is what Cloud should have been. Like, Sakurai probably couldn't get Cloud, so he made Ike instead, and he's perfect in that regard. I totally agree with that. Like, I don't have anything to add to that uh, opening salvo. He's just great. His feel is incredible. I, I do. I, I kind of feel like all of the Fire Emblem characters kind of don't get Fire Emblem. Like, Robin's the closest one, and we've already talked about Robin. I, I, I have something to say on Marth, but I'll save it for Marth. All right, but I, Ike is... I feel like Ike deserves to be praised for his... Maybe even more for getting people invested in Fire Emblem. I feel like Marth and Roy are cool, but they're also very, like, <sighs> regal. So, but I, everybody loves it. We all like Ike. I, I've never met somebody who doesn't like Ike, both in terms of just Smash Brothers and those who have played Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. Ike is just a great character. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like of them all, he's, he's one of the few that actually brings his personality into Smash Brothers. Roy kind of just had his made up for him. I, I honestly can't say for Marth because I've never played 
either of his games. It's okay. He has more personality in Smash than he does in his games. Oh, well, there, there you go. Uh, the, the custom characters are obviously blank slates. Robin's okay. And then I, we, we shall not speak of the last one. But Ike is just, he fights for his friends, and I love him for that. I have him in A tier, and I kind of like to keep him there. I also have him in A tier. I love having this super weighty swordsman who has just beautiful, beautiful game feel. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, Nair is is oppressive. And it's like, yeah, it was. But then they nerfed that and they buffed Aether, so it's this actual kill move that it is in Fire Emblem, which was like the one thing that bugged me, Aether being his recovery. Like, I get it, it's vertical, but it's also the most powerful move in the game, so. He feels like a great translation of the of the hero class in Fire Emblem. He, 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 I feel like I've got a few problems with like Mars' interpretation of the Lord, but Ike being the hero is just spot on. Absolutely. There is such a weight to him. And like, even if uh, you're going, oh, too many anime sword fighters, Ike is someone where you could replace Ragnell with Irvin, the giant battle axe. And while it wouldn't have the same thematic through line, he wouldn't change at all. And he would still exactly. feel great. Which, side note, I wish there was like. I know. Well, one of my ideas for just, like, what I want from Fire Emblem in the future of the series is to, like, put character classes in instead of, like, characters themselves and just, like, right. slot characters into that. I feel like Ike would f- it's, is just so perfect for both of those. Yep. And you wouldn't need to change much about him because he's just that strong, like, both literally and in terms of his design as a character. Totally. Like, even the original things they add for him, like Eruption. That feels like it fits him better. Like, I would prefer that he has that over the actual Ragnell laser beams he has in uh, Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. Yeah, I I know people like that. I feel like it would take away from him. Yeah, like, come on, guys. Give Cloud something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quick draw is, like, one of the most fun burst option moves. Like, I feel like it's just the idea of Pikachu's Skull Bash turned up to 11 and done better. I, I will say I kind of I, I, I don't really like counter as a mechanic to reflect Fire Emblem because I don't feel like it fits. There was a really good video by Mockrock about that. I, mm-hmm. I, I recommend everyone watch that. But I really wish he had Byleth's down B with Irvin. That would be sick. I, I don't know if it would fit him thematically, but I just love some sort of like really heavy. You'll get no sympathy from me. I don't know. No, I, I agree. No, you're correct on that. It would be fun. Like, I'm fine with counter, but it's the least important part of Ike to me. Yeah. Still solid overall. Still solid overall. Yeah. Like, it's just a likable character, and I enjoy him greatly. Uh, he got me to play Radiant Dawn. Like, he's one of those characters that's just straight up, I played him in Smash Brothers, and I played his game next, because I like Ike. We all like Ike. Ike oh, I played Path of liked. Radiance before. And when he was announced, it was like, Woo-hoo-hoo! oh, I know who this is. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. All right. Next up is, do we rank the Pokemon separately? I don't feel like it's necessary, but Pokemon Trainer. Yeah, I don't feel like it is. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Squirrel and Ivysaur got a bit less spotlight than Charizard, but... Uh, Due to the fact that Charizard was the necessary inclusion, and obviously Smash 4, but uh, yeah, I think raining them all together works. Especially since I don't feel like 
I don't feel like any of them are poorly designed in terms of their moveset. And I feel like the Pokemon trainer swapping between them is a core concept of the character that I'm glad they brought back for Ultimates instead of just keeping them separately. Agreed. Uh, I would argue that Brawl Ivysaur is horribly designed, but yes. they brought that back. They brought that back so hard. Like, way to salvage that. <laughs> just, just those insane up airs and down airs. I, I love those spore clouds. Like, I'm just going to fully admit, I think Pokemon Trainer is one of the best characters in the game. I love... It, it took Pokemon a while, but they finally got the protagonist in the game. And I just love how each of these characters has their own separate roles, uh, defined roles, and that you can swap between them so freely and all still accomplish what they need to do. Charizard kind of falls flat just because the other two are so good. But even then, like, it's nice to have this big, beefy lizard to swap to when you have hypersense to try and get, like, a few Hail Mary Flare Blitzes in before you kick the bucket. A Charizard's just fun. Like, right? you're going to use him, and, like, the fact that the Heavy is generally the best recovery character is a really, really nice touch, considering that he has wings. There was a long time where Charizard was just like, oh, I can't play as Ridley, I'll play as Charizard instead. And I did get that desire of just playing as a giant dragon. And it's just... And even then, talking about the other ones, Squirtle is such a fun rushdown character. One of the few that I actually enjoy playing as because he just, everything he does is so fluid and nice, but he's also clearly very weak. Like he can just be killed at like 40%. you got Ivysaur, who's got great kill options. It's, I, I don't have many bad things to say about the character. Other than the stamina thing being dumb in Brawl, but they patched that out and now it's fine. Yeah, no, Pokemon Trainer, I would say, was a bad character in Brawl. Yes. In Ultimate, he is he or she is utterly fantastic, and that's great. I do have some issues with it. I do feel that certain moves are either underpowered or just weird, like Bullet I think Seed. Bullet Seed, yeah, Bullet Seed, uh, also Water Gun. I feel that just being a one-to-one -one of Flood, but actually worse, just kind of sucks for Squirtle. Uh, I would rather have him have Bubble to slow an opponent down. Oh, uh, same with Ivysaur. I would rather give Ivysaur some status moves. He'll give her Piranha Plants powder. It's so weird that Ivysaur has this big bulb and she only uses it to shoot you. Right. How come she doesn't have like poison powder or something? That'd be perfect. I've never thought about this before, but wow, that'd be perfect. Uh, some of Ivysaur's just general attacks feel weird attacking with the leaves rather than the vines sometimes. And just the way the character moves has always not felt great to me. And just like one little caveat, if you're going to name it Pokemon Trainer and not Red, it's okay. You can you can have more than just Red and Leaf. You could have Green. You could have Blue. You can have, you know, uh, the, the Let's Go protagonist or whatever. It can be all the Kanto Trainers. You can have Oak. It can be Professor Oak if you want. I feel like there might be, like, a weird behind-the-scenes thing with, like, the Pokemon human characters. Because, like, none of them are spirits. And that's really weird. It's odd, but, like, I feel like compare this to all seven Koopalings, and it just makes so much more sense having different Pokemon alts. And it's so much less work. <laughs> like, not swapping out the actual Pokemon themselves, but just the trainers. Like, if you're going to celebrate... Pokemon training and that anyone could be a Pokemon master instead of just Pokemon Trainer Red the Goat, then do that. 
Uh, just for the sake of discussion, I know that there's a lot of people that want, I'm actually one of them, that want Pokemon Trainer as more of a summoner character. Just bring, just being actually on the battlefield and using different Pokemon just as their separate moves. Would you like that more, or do you still feel like this is a solid interpretation of what a Pokemon Trainer is? I think this is a more solid interpretation of it. Uh, if they were going to do that, I would prefer it to be like a Giovanni or a Lusamine doing that, or or just to be a, like a great character, a Guzma doing that. <laughs> yes. Just because I feel like them being more in on the action as a villainous person means more and like they're allowed to break the rules of Pokemon, so to speak. Like, I, I understand the desire for that interpretation and I understand the idea of like representing you as the character fighting. But I, I like this version of Pokemon Trainer and I feel like it gets the unique aspect of Pokemon where you are directing your Pokemon in order to do all the fighting, and it's very much a sport uh, rather than the more traditional RPG route. It's it's what separates Pokemon. It's what makes it unique and special. All right, very nice, very nice. Uh, where do you have Pokemon Trainer ranked on your tier list? I have them in high A tier. I do as well. Like I, I th there are a few like weird moves in the mix, and I feel. It's another one of those things that's hard to pinpoint, but I don't want to quite put them in S tier, and I'm not sure why. It, it might be like the... It doesn't feel like there's an equal balance between the three Pokemon when I feel like there should. Like, I feel like Charizard kind of gets the short end of the stick, even though he's, by far, in my opinion, the most fun to play as. Mm-hmm. I don't know. S tier, for me, is like, I look at the character and I go, yeah, now this is Smash Brothers. And I, I don't quite get over that line with uh, Pokemon Trainer. Uh, do you feel like he's better than Pac-Man? Very slightly, no. All right, I can get that. I, I read after Pac-Man is Villager, and I do feel like Pokemon Trainer I like more than Villager's interpretation of Animal I agree. Crossing. I agree. All right, so second place in... Yeah, I can get behind that. Second place in A tier. Pokemon Trainer. Just out of curiosity, if you did have to rate the three Pokemon individually, would you put them in a little sparser out? Like maybe put Ibisaur a little bit lower? I would put um, all of them in either B or C tier because I don't feel I feel that they're incomplete without the other and they're designed that way. So like rating them as the full package is honestly necessary. It's not like Zelda and Sheik where they can function as totally different characters separate from one another. Pokemon Trainer is designed that one will have advantages over the other in various situations and it's not like well it is like you're shifting between them it's like pyramithra where you know you can play them individually but it's even more delineated with pokemon trainer where no there are specific situations and specific strategies that you can incorporate and i just don't think that they're complete characters without the others to back them up just out of curiosity because of that did you feel like charizard and smash 4 was worse because of that um Hard to say, because, like, Smash 4 gave Charizard Seismic Toss, so a lot of bad was forgiven there. <laughs> and Flare Blitz was introduced there, and that's the most fun move. Like, talk about, like, instant momentum rushdown options. That one is an utter blast, and everyone just understands it instantly. Of Yep, it can kill, but it also hurts everyone. So, like, I, I would say Charizard was middle of the pack for a Smash 4 newcomer. Like, worse than Greninja, but it's, like, about at that 
sort of mixed kind of Rosalina-esque level, like, yeah, no, this is this is still Charizard. But yeah, it's so much more is added with the other Pokemon. Alright. I, I agree. I agree. I think they... No, they're not my favorite. They're my second favorite of the Brawl characters. Everybody... We'll we'll get to my favorite in a bit, but for but first, like we made a whole video about Diddy Kong, and I'd like people to hear what you have to say about Diddy Kong. Hi, Diddy. Who? Oh. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Uh, top five songs involving him from the cartoon. So first, there's uh, <laughs> Road to Success. Uh, there's also the sequel to that, which is Over the Hill, where Diddy sings the blues in sepia tone about how capitalism has broken his spirit. Uh, Second Banana's a good song. Uh, and anyway, uh, Diddy and Smash sucks. So uh, we actually played Donkey Kong Country 2 not too long ago. You for the, the first time. And I'd like yeah. to hear your thoughts on that game uh, to start game. this off. I'm terrible at it, but it was a great game. You uh, beat K. Rule. Yeah. Barely, but I, I managed to do it. Everyone barely beats K. Rule on their first try. Go on, say it. You beat K. Rule. I did beat K. Rule. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's not Diddy Kong in Smash Brothers. That is a chimpanzee in Diddy Kong's clothes. Yeah, uh, that's... Sorry, spider monkey, he's got a tail, but... Re yeah. Regardless, regardless, Diddy Kong is this this adorable little try-hard that gets a boombox on his shoulder and starts dancing around after he beats a level. He's cocky, but also young and inexperienced, and in Smash, he's just a monkey. And I don't like that. Now, there are things that Diddy does pretty decently in his Smash Brothers moveset. I love the interpretation of Peanut Pop Guns, where he charges it too long and blows himself up. That's great. I wish there were payoff to it, because you will never actually do that in any sort of competitive match. Uh, same thing with uh, being able to interrupt his jetpack barrel. That works really well with his character. I appreciate that both his dash attack and his neutral air are cartwheels. And I like the fact that he has a burst movement option as one of his specials. That's very important for the character. Otherwise, the feel and identity of Diddy Kong is completely separate from him in the Donkey Kong Country franchise. Um, I do feel that it has sort of bled into the Donkey Kong series where, uh, even in Returns and Tropical Freeze, he's kind of reduced to chimp noises instead of the sort of cocksure attitude that he developed through DK64 and even into some of the Payon games with uh, Barrel Blast and Juggle Climber. Yeah, overall, Diddy in Smash just does not feel like the platforming character that he is based off of. He is supposed to be this momentum-based monster that just can bravely dash through things if he is confident and lucky enough, and he just doesn't have that with Smash. He doesn't have his flavor. He has monkey, and that's that's it, and that's sad, and I know. I know that this is because he is a concession, because they could not get the tag system to work in Brawl with uh, Dixie as his partner. I would have loved to see that interpretation. I understand that it didn't work. But by Smash, probably not Smash 4, couldn't have worked it out, but by Wii U, I wish that you scrapped this design and added Dixie. I really do. I, I feel like this is a widespread problem for most of the animalistic characters in Smash Brothers. 
where the design team sees them and are like, oh, this is something different. Let's actually make this that animal. I, I, I get I get that because the vast majority of the characters on this roster are just people or anthropomorphic just like Pokemon and stuff. So it must be like a right. breath of fresh air to actually try to translate something different. But that's not what any of them are. Yeah, that's not the Donkey Kong universe. Imagine if Banjo made bear noises. Right? That'd be that'd be bizarre. Where'd you be? Where would you be? Where would we be without the Guhu? Well, in, in, in a depressing universe where Banjo doesn't get a game for 13 years now. Don't, don't make me sad. That's okay. I've, I've been sad for 13 years. You can <laughs> you can experience it for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we've we've we made a whole video about Diddy Kong and just let how he could be better. Mm-hmm. I I believe you said that he had you had him in E tier when we were talking I, about him. I do have him in E tier because they're still they're still good in Diddy Kong. There's still like he's very acrobatic and it makes sense for Diddy to be very acrobatic. Most of his aerials I don't have a problem with. It's how he gets there that is an issue and it's a matter of flavor and this just is not the character. This is monkey with peanut gun that works different and jetpack that works different. And oh, he have banana, I guess. That's monkey. Like, even even if you don't want to change up his moveset, there are tons of little things you can do. Like, if you charge up the pop guns, like, just before it explodes, then the next time you use it, he gets two pop guns and gets to have a double projectile. You know... Like he shows in that cutscene in subspace. And I will take an aside to say Diddy is one of the best characters in subspace. Oh, like absolutely. not gameplay wise, but just as a character. Like that's Diddy fully realized. That's this cocksure brat who is forcing other people to go into his problems because he's the player two and he needs his player one who saved him from getting in over his head. Like Diddy has a full character arc. It's great. And it's not at all reflected in his gameplay. And you can do little things, like you can turn the monkey flip into the Simeon Spring from DK64, where he coils up his tail and he goes boing, and goes whee! Like, the Donkey Kong universe isn't monkeys. It's a full cartoon world. It's a bunch of dumb apes with different hats and different personalities all coming together as a family and using their dumb cartoon antics to beat a megalomaniac crocodile or walrus or whatever the hell tiki tong is <laughs> he's a tiki that that should be obvious from his tiki what am i doing so anyway yeah it's just it's not representative of the heart of donkey kong and I do think it damages the character somewhat, but, like, I'm more forgiving of Diddy than I am of Wario. Because Diddy, at his heart, they still get what Diddy is. They just are very bad at showing it. And we're limited by technology. And I'm sympathetic to that. I have no sympathy for Wario's handling. Alright, I think that's fair. Uh, so how would you compare him to me, Swordfighter, and Palutena? Is he better or worse than them? They're, those are the other two we have in D tier. Um, I like playing as him more than me, Swordfighter. I know high bar, but, uh, 
I I don't know. Like, Me Sword Fighter is like the most apathy I could possibly feel. And then Palutena is disappointment, but you weren't a part of my childhood and this other one was. But I recognize that you are nothing and Diddy is something. Sounds like you're putting him above Palutena then. I think so. But I, also I, I he think hurts I'd more. Agree with that. Yeah, I, he I, from from what I know and what I've talked to you about, he do, he is a more egregious problem, but Palutena has more problems in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think sense? so. Yeah. Yeah, Palutena is a death by paper cuts and Diddy is just a monkey kicks you in the balls. Yeah, and in, and in the end you do survive the monkey kick. It just hurts a lot more in the moment. Yes. Okay, and also like, you get like you get very embarrassed by the monkey ball kick. The super <laughs> monkey ball kick, if you will. Alright, so top of E tier it is. Now I don't know about about you, but I have never played Mother 3. I'm 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 familiar with it. Like I, I know the story beats, I know like everything that happens, and I know I know that Lucas has a similar theme as Ness, where he's not really representing his own character, he's representing, like, the game as a whole. Like, the spells that he has are not his spells. Yes. Yes, you are correct. He, b- both of the Earthbound Boys are characters that I just... They're one of those characters that, again, they represent the game, not the character. And I'm not fond of that for, like, the JRPG characters in, in particular. Like, you get someone like Pac-Man, like, obviously he's gotta be more of an embodiment of something greater because he's just a pizza in his games. He's got you gotta give him more than that. Right. But Lucas and Ness, like they've got their own stuff. Like I've seen so many people talk about Ness in particular, about just all the cool things he could have instead of what he has now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a failure of their characters. Like for, from what I know about Lucas, he's a very scared kid that had has some very terrible things happen to him. And I feel like that uncertainty is carried over somewhat into Smash Brothers. Like, he kind of feels like a damaged kid. Like, going back to the Subspace Emissary comparisons, he's another character that Subspace Emissary does a lot with. Oh, yeah. No, he's, like, top three in Subspace, in my opinion. Absolutely. But I don't know if that fully translates over into Smash Brothers. Like, again, I'm... I'm sure there's plenty of Mother 3 fans that are angry at me for some reason or another. Again, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I want to play the game, but Nintendo won't localize it. Well, it's okay. They they probably won't. Uh, have you seen Super Eyepatch Wolf's video on it? I haven't. I would heartily recommend that to anyone listening. Uh, I believe it's titled How Mother 3 Breaks You. So I would recommend that. It's a good 40 minutes of ouch. I... From what I know about the game, I feel like Lucas's character should depress me, which I I know is a weird thing to say, but he just annoys me in Smash. Like I, I it's hard to put towards. I feel like I should not want to fight Lucas. I should just want to give him a hug. I don't know yes. how you make that a character. <laughs> I really don't. So, Lucas, I kind of like because the strength of his character is that he doesn't want to fight, really. He just wants to kind of find his friends and family and is just kind of along for the ride because that's the will of the world. Like, he's 
forced on this because the happy life he had has been ripped away from him. And so his abilities are all very support-focused. It's all very much healing and making sure that his friends are okay and getting the largest HP pool so that he survives long enough to revive everyone else. And that's that's hard to translate into a single fighting game character. And hmm, of the Earthbound boys, I do think that Lucas gets away better than Ness. Uh, I feel that he represents Mother 3 very nicely because Ness has this very... Ness has this very nostalgic look of childhood where, like, he's beating you up with yo-yos and baseball bats, and that fits the sort of upbeat tone of Earthbound, whereas Ness, or I'm sorry, whereas Lucas has a stick and his friend Snake and all these psychic moves that are designed to push you away. Like, specifically, uh, his PK fire has always stuck out to me, while Ness's is a combo tool so that he can continue playing with you, Lucas very much wants to push you away and just be left alone for a while. And that also reflects into PK Freeze, and I think those elements do get across. They feel annoying in the moment, but I do feel that Lucas having this sort of AoE get-off-of-me focus does complement his character. Um... It's not entirely his character, and the fact that he has zero reference to PK Love is a travesty. Like, that should be in there by default, 100%. That is so important to him, and the fact that it is missing is heart-wrenching in a way that it shouldn't be. But, like, I don't know, Lucas is tough, because, like... If you're going to portray Mother 3, you should not be having fun playing Lucas. The the fun <laughs> is uh, all the things that happen around you and the memories you create around you. And, like, being Lucas should be this miserable, miserable experience that you're smiling through anyway. So, like, in a sense, it's a good thing. And the fact that he's using his friend's moves is a good reflection of Mother 3. I like that he has both Kumatora and Duster incorporated in there. If he had just Kuma, then it would feel a lot lessened, but the Rope Snake adds a lot to him, and just adds this little bit of goofy Mother flavor that I really appreciate. But I'd honestly still have him as a character focused on healing and enduring. Like, that's the the core of him. into these kind of games it makes me want like some sort of assist system like the other fighting games do where you can like call on other characters oh you know what we were just talking about pokemon trainer as a summoner character i would love for lucas to be some kind of summoner where he calls in his friends and supports them as they deal the damage and then you also get that like depressing side where his friends die and he's just sad oh no But when his friends faint, he's stuck in a state of depression for five seconds, letting him easily be smashed. (laughs) I'd love to hear Sakurai just explain that. Lucas's trait is called PTSD. When anything horrible happens to his friends, he gets sad. Oh, that'd be terrible. You would think he would be used to to it. However. Uh, Every 30 seconds, he'll look in the sky and see the image of his mother staring down at him, and he'll grow lonely, 
but then will be inspired two seconds later. <laughs> oh, like if you like summon the ghosts of his fallen. Oh my. Oh, I, I, I don't know if I hate or love that. I think it's both. Yeah, yeah, yep. But yeah, Lucas is odd because like I think what he has as a baseline works, but I feel like I want more. But also, I don't know how I want it more. He is a tricky character. Uh, I, I will say just before we like place him, just a shout out to like the Earthbound characters have some of the best effects in the entire game. Oh, totally. Like, like hands down, that's just a one-to-one -one translation done beautifully. Like you can pause them during any frame of their psionic attacks and it's just lovely. 100% and that's so important to capture and it took them a while but I'm so glad that they went the extra mile for it. For sure, for sure. It, it sounds like we're both kind of mixed on the character. Like this is, they're, they're, the good and bad are just kind of shunting us in opposite directions. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, I, what, where, where do you have him right now? I had him at like second to bottom of B when I originally ranked them. But admittedly, that's just because I prefer his interpretation to Ness, who I had lower. Um, but God, I don't know. I I can feel him as mixed. Who do, who do we have in mixed? So I can uh, that, compare. That's like Ryu, Ken, Rosalina, Bayonetta. Yeah, yeah, he's about there. Okay, okay. I so so many GRPG characters. I feel like I'm gonna fit in this area because I I feel a lot similar to Lucas as I do Shulk. Like obviously, not as strongly because I haven't played Lucas's games. But there's just a character's abilities are important, and I wish that was... I, I, I've never played Mother 3, and I know about PK Love. Like, come on. Yes. Uh, where where would he be, do you think, specifically? I, I think he does a better job at representing Earthbound than Shulk does Xenoblade. I'd like to put him at least above Shulk. I, I agree there. I would like to put him higher in the tier, probably. All right, all right. Because, uh, like... I do feel loneliness from Lucas, and I do like that the changes that he has from Ness, other than the placement of his PSI magnet not being around himself, like, if it were there to shield someone else, I would understand, but it's used more offensively, so I, I don't like that one. But otherwise, uh, the changes to Fire, Freeze, and uh, Thunder being more in control, I do like. Uh, do you want to just put him at the top of C tier, then? Above Ryu uh, and Ken? Above Ryu and Ken? God, it's hard for me to choose between those. Which one I would prefer. Because, uh, well, Ryu and Ken are, like, Ryu and Ken. They're just weirdly translated into the game. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel it compares to Rosalina, then? Would you, would you put him above or below? I would put him above Rosa. Okay, I feel like that's... <laughs> that's oddly sad, in a way. Just the mother and the child. Just knowing Lucas's characters, but... Maybe they can heal each other next to each other. Okay, that sounds good to me. Next up is Sonic. And I know that this is widely considered like one of the worst designs in the entire game. A sentiment that I agree with wholeheartedly. Uh, can I start with this one? Because I got a lot to say about this guy. Oh yeah, no, no, by all means, go ahead. Alright, so just, just a hypothetical question. What is the most important aspect of Sonic? Chili dogs. Second most <laughs> Okay, fair enough. But after that... Soap-branded shoes. 
All right. Besides those two things, though. Chow Garden. It is. God damn it. <laughs> it is speed. Everybody knows Sonic has got to go fast. That is the identity of the character rolled up into one package. And Sonic, his entire design in Smash Brothers encourages one of the slowest, campiest playstyles in the entire game. And I feel like it is, it doesn't quite damage his overall character in the way that several of the other characters do, but that's only because Sonic's character was so well established before Smash Brothers. Sonic is a bigger franchise than Smash Brothers. And Smash Brothers just botches the entire thing. Like, when you're playing a Sonic game, the entire point is speedrunning. It's mastery. I'd argue that Sonic was a big part of, like, introducing speedrunning to the world, because that's the entire point. You want to memorize his levels. You want to get through them as fast as possible. Get that high score. Get that A ranking. And none of that applies to Sonic and Smash Brothers at all. Like, someday I'll eventually make a whole video about this. It, it... But I want, I feel like Sonic should be like this momentum-based character where you actually, where you have to either commit to being aggressive or you die. Like, he should be one of the most hyper-aggressive characters in the entire game, and he just isn't. I, 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 he, he makes me, he's one of those characters that makes me sad. Like, not to a point like, oh, this ruins the character, but he could have been so much more. How, how do you feel about Sonic? So... What a lot of people don't really uh, know is that, uh, I mean, a lot of people do assume that, yes, Sonic was uh, developed with a very rushed schedule to make Brawl, and yes, he was. Does that excuse his character? No, but it gives a reason for it. The reason it's persisted is that Sonic's animations, the way he plays, uh, everything about him is very, very similar to Sonic the Fighters, the other fighting game that Sonic uh, has been in. I mean, unless you count like Sonic Battle and whatnot, but eh. And that was built off of the engine used for Virtua Fighter 2. And Sakurai loves fighting games. He loves referencing fighting games. So a lot of Sonic's attacks, like uh, all of his grabs that use the spin dash, all of his various uses of the spin dash, the uh, sort of wind-up punch he does, are all very much references to Sonic the Fighters and how he worked in that game. Sonic the Fighters wasn't that great, though? And yeah, um, I'm not the biggest fan of Sonic's design either. I'm a little bit more forgiving of it. I appreciate the reverence to what has come before, but I do agree this is another design that I feel does not work for Smash Brothers. I don't know. It makes it exceptionally frustrating that there is another speedy brawler character who does what Sonic wants to do so much better than Sonic does. Right, like, I, f I feel like Captain Falcon embodies Sonic better than Sonic does, like, without question. Agreed, agreed. Outside of, like, turning into a ball. But if you could do that less, buddy, I would, I would appreciate it. I know it's your thing, but, like, you got other things to do, man. Also, if you could bring more than one remix, that'd be nice. Right? That's just, oh my gosh. The stages as well, like, do we really need two green hit? Anyway. I, I, I'm not as upset about the ball. Like, I get why people are upset by that, but, like, that's like half of what Sonic does in his games. Like, it's not the ball per se. It's just that 
the balls all function so similarly. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not tell you what the difference between down B and side B is off the top of my head. I just couldn't. I have no idea. I think one of them is like a multi-hit and one of them is like, just knocks you up. But even then, just the fact that they're both the same thing is just so frustrating. I'd be fine if one was replaced with the uh, drop dash that was used in Mania, so that he has an instant to the ground and then burst of speed. It's hard for me to talk about, like, what I want from Sonic, because I do eventually plan on making that video eventually. Right. But he's just... There was a a chance there to make this character that, like... Kind of like what we were talking about earlier with, like, the Wario bike. Just if you lose control, it will just kill you. Mm -hmm. I kind of want Sonic to just be designed around that idea of just, like... Win or lose, this guy's a match with this character is going to be over in like two minutes tops, which I feel is what Sonic should be. Like, you should want to win as fast as possibly you possibly can because that's just what Sonic is, and that's not what his design in Smash is. I, I will give credit; he does like still like showcase his character traits. Like, he's still obviously like this is a cool guy. His taunts are great. Like, he's very expressive, but it, his. How he plays does not reflect that in the slightest. Agreed. Like, the most simple thing in the world to do is just change his turnaround speed. If you make that slow, and if you make him continue to move with, as you said, the momentum, then that changes so much about what Sonic can do fundamentally. Because now he can't zigzag around you. He has to commit to you and then launch directly into you. And he needs better options to do that, but that's, that, that's Sonic, baby. If you're going to commit to the, uh, the classic kind of formula and just have mostly spin-dash-based attacks, then you have to have the spin-dash-based momentum. It doesn't work to have a more floaty or standardized Sonic. It has to be Sonic. I could not agree more. obviously everyone was happy to see this character in the game, and I was too. I remember, like, I think it was back in middle school for me, just waking up at 2 a.m., because that's what I always did. I wanted to stay up until I saw the character that was revealed. And it was Sonic. I was excited for that for, like, two weeks afterwards. But I still, looking back, I don't feel like we got him in the game at all. Or rather, he was here. He just has a fiery bird punch and a cool helmet. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, So I have him in F tier. Where is he for you? Uh, I have him in E because um, I still feel that Sonic adds a lot to the game. Like, as campy as he is, you can still play him in a rushdown way. It's just suboptimal. And, like, I feel like casually, he's still Sonic. Like, the average person is going to play Sonic like Sonic. And it's not great, but it's there. It's just that we've entered a world where the optimal way to play Sonic is poop. (laughs) Alright, I can agree with that. Like, again, the only reason I feel like it doesn't actively damage his character is because his character is stronger than Smash Brothers. Oh, 100%. There's no way that was going to get ruined by Smash Brothers, whereas the others, most people know, like, Little Mac from this game yeah but can, can we agree that he's at the bottom of e tier i would put him above palu because like for sonic i feel like 
from a competitive minded standpoint from people who know the game from people who play wi-fi tournaments yes sonic is garbage in that regard but from a casual person he's not as affected and that doesn't affect him as much as say a wario or a little mac or even palutena where they're boiled down to base essentials sonic sonic isn't wrong he's just bad all right all right all right so between palutena and diddy kong then that feels right like i have more ire for diddy than sonic but i i'm okay with having Sonic low, because I know that's that's the feel of him, and, like, I get it. All right, all right. Uh, our next character uh, is an S-tier, just straight up. We can move on now. Okay, okay, I mean, I mean, you can believe that. Okay, but I am biased. DDD is my favorite character in the series, like, by a pretty good margin. Just everything about the character speaks to me. Kirby 64 was one of my first platformers. I loved playing as DD in that. He's my favorite. It doesn't feel right to call him a Nintendo villain because he's not really that evil. He's just he, kind of a jerk. He was evil until Superstar Ultra, I'd say. Like, he has bits of change of heart, but no, he still wanted to starve everyone to prove a point. Yeah, but I feel like this is one of the most... In terms of capturing a character's personality, I love how Smash Brothers treats DDD. Like, you got the goofy ridiculousness of him, his dash attack being him just falling flat on his face, his upbeat just ha- having him awkwardly, goofily grinning at the camera as he rises and falls into the air. I love the parallels between him and Kirby, of him having the inhale and having that kind of similar, like, both of them have a charged hammer, both of them you attack in a direction and it's what you'd expect. His down, his crouch, is the best taunt in the game, and I will not yeah. hear any argument otherwise. Yeah, I no, f- no, no, you're, you're correct. A- beautifully stupid troll that i love him so much he's so satisfying to just control and use the sound design on his hammer is fantastic every single one of his moves that uses that just feels good to land even the multi-hit moves like the still just the cartoon slap effect just makes me so happy and gordos are one of my favorite moves in the entire game because one of the most traditional attacks, just like in a boss battle in general, is that you take something that they throw at you and throw it back at them. Like we were talking about K. Rule earlier, the only mm-hmm. way to beat him is to take the cannonball that he gives to you and toss it into his barrel to explode. Right. Gordos, to me, feel like that perfect dead man's volley kind of vibe, where you toss it out and it's just as dangerous to you as it is to your opponents. And I love that so much. How do you feel about King DDD? Because I get the sense you're not quite as excited about him as I am. Well, let, let's let not pretend. I adore the character of DDD, like both in the Kirby series and in uh, Smash Brothers. And I think that that's done so, so wonderfully. He has the best facial expressions in the game. And I say that loving DK's eyes bulging out facial expressions. Like, DDD is absolutely superb at emoting. He is by far the best character in subspace. Like, it's not even yes. close. Like, DDD is incredible in that. Holy crap, what a guy. Gordo is a fantastically fun move, and uh, Ultimate allowing you to inhale the Gordo to spit it back out is a brilliant attack that adds so much more to DDD. His references are good and solid. 
I like the fact that he has multiple jumps, but is very, very slow in the air so that it's less a master of mobility and more a way to psych an opponent out. I like his parallels to Kirby, but I do have issues with him. There it is. (laughs) Yeah, I do have issues, unfortunately. And they come down to the fact that sometimes being King DDD is suffering. And yes, that that does fit the character, I understand, but uh, DDD's game plan is very, very linear in every single game that he's in. In Brawl, it's you throw out Waddle Dees and then you do a chain grab until they die. In Smash 4, it's nothing because DDD is bad in that game and everything he does is suffering and is done better by another character, even if he does it very, very funny. And they took away his Waddle Dees and I missed them. Only he can be mean to his Waddle Dees, as he is famously <laughs> quoted in saying. And in Ultimate, if you're not playing with Gordo, you're not playing King Dedede. And there's no real... Gordo isn't so much a tool for Dedede as it is the only thing he has. And that's unfortunate. Dedede's playable appearances in the Kirby franchise are a lot more flexible than his appearance in Smash Brothers. Uh, things like him just having the fire swing as sort of a fake out. Uh, I prefer to the jet hammer, which, yes, it was a fun move when it was introduced, but considering that the masked DDD hammer has been introduced since then and is such a major part of his character, the fact that it's not a reference to that or the fact that it's not anything more really hurts him. I feel that he has a ton of moves that are just hammer swing and the issue is that ddd doesn't have many tools it's it's a matter of all he has is a hammer and everything looks like a nail but he doesn't have any really interesting different ways to swing that hammer he has the corkscrew and he has the smack and that's about it and ddd is just a little more than that i feel uh, I feel like it's so easy to get overwhelmed with DDD in a way that, you know, DDD is a character that gets in over his head through the Kirby series, don't get me wrong. But in playing as DDD through them, you don't really get that. DDD's still a major, strong character in the Kirby universe. He's just goofy, but he still has strong moves. He still has moves for different purposes. He has his fast moves, he has his hammer swings, he has his hammer tosses, he has the loyalty of his minions, which unfortunately gets boiled down post-brawl. Like, he is adored by the Waddle Dees, and they will die for him gladly. I don't know, I feel like elements of DDD are missing, not necessarily from him as a character, but just from him in entirely a gameplay perspective. He's one of those characters where I feel like, from a fighting game perspective, he is lacking. I can see where you're coming from. I- I've never personally felt that way about playing as DDD, but that's also because my playstyle with the character is kind of stupid. <laughs> I kind of just throw out random moves and see if they work. Yeah, and that, that, that fits DDD's personality, but like, compare Super DDD Jump... Uh, how it's utilized in uh, Smash to how it's utilized as a player move in the Kirby series. Super Deity Jump is super, super committal in Smash, 
Whereas uh, in the Kirby series, it's actually a charge input. You have to hold down and then press up. And then he has absolute control going both up and down. Oh, I'd love that in Smash Brothers. Oh, that'd be so much fun. So it, it's a bigger commitment up front, but it's a lesser commitment going down. And just there's a flexibility to Dedede's movement that is missing in Smash Brothers that I agree fits the character of him just overcommitting and getting punished hard for it. But he doesn't have another option in Smash Brothers other than that. He has Gordo and oh, I hope Gordo works. Did Gordo work? No, better try Gordo. Uh, just to throw an idea out there of just what might be able to help with both of those. How would you feel if, like, DD had some sort of, like, oh, uh, how do I put this? Like, a get-out-of-jail-free card where, uh, like, I don't know how you, like, design this. It's, this is just off the top of my head. But, like, maybe he had, like, three charges of, like, while he's being comboed, he could, like, call on a Waddle D to, like, take the hit for him and then do something, act immediately out of that. Just, like, give that idea of just, like, hey, his Waddle are still around and helping him out, but also, like, because I, I will admit straight up heavily biased towards this character just because I love playing as him. I was, I was joking when I said the S tier earlier. I don't think he's quite that good because, like, yeah, he, they, he is missing some things. I, I just feel like they, in terms of bringing a character into the game, he is almost perfect. Like, Fighting game character-wise, like, designs, he he's comes up a la bit lacking, but if we were just ranking on uh, personality, he's he's the best one. Yeah, like, I think Snake and K. Rool are close, and I guess Pit, if you factor in Palutena's guidance, but D.A.D. doesn't have half of the tools most of them have, and he's still coming out on top, because he's just that good of a personality. All right. Do you have any other ideas just off the top of your head of what might fix those issues with DDD for you? Just differentiate his moves a little more. Like, uh, give him, like, a fast air pellet in the air instead of a hammer throw that maybe shoots him backwards a little bit. I don't know, give him just a little bit of a boost so, like, oh no, I spat air and now I'm a little bit too fast, or... Give him the ability to inflate in the air, just like a balloon, and kind of glide so that he has more options and, like, a really loose hitbox that has super low priority, but, hey, it's something. Or, like, as you said, I, I feel like down B is by far his most replaceable move, and I yeah, think for sure. a Waddle D assist is great. I feel like they're too important to D to D to not include in some way, or, like, just have them... Throw him his super hammer, and that gives him a buff. And then when he tries too much, he gets a stick, and it sucks because he overexerted himself. And wah, wah. or like have him have an invincible super DDD spin, but the more he uses it, the more his hammer breaks down. Like make it like a banjo wonderwing kind of deal where he has get off of me options, but using them too much. He doesn't know his own strength that he breaks his own hammer. He's like, Wah! or something. I do like the idea of the brickable hammer. I also kind of wish he had, um, where Peach has Toad, he has the Waddle Dees. I feel like that would also be a great way of just including them more in the, in the movesets. I agree with that. I do love his intro where they carry him in, but that's all yes. he has anymore. Or at least have him, like, in the crowd of the final smash. I, I get that it's a lot of models to animate at once, but... 
Yeah, but it's a lot of Waddle Dees. Yeah, they're not the hardest things to animate. Where, where do you have DDD on your tier list? I personally have him in A tier, but I fully admit I'm biased as hell. Uh, I had him at the top of C because I do feel that of characters, like, I couldn't just in good faith say, no, DDD could be just as he is and he'd still be fine going forward. No, you, you do need to work on him a little bit. You do need something. It took three games to get his final smash right. Like, you you could do more. This is true. This is true. I don't know. I did like the Waddle D army. Yeah, no, the big gay dance is fun. Don't get me wrong. But uh, it, it, it it can never be called anything else. That, that That's too emblematic of the time. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, could I convince you to the bottom of B? Yes, you could. I love D to D. Okay, cool. Because I do feel like... Yeah, fighting game character-wise, he's not the best, but I feel like he earns top marks everywhere else. I feel like 100%. that averages out in the B tier, at the very least. Yeah, uh, I, can, I, can, I can feel that. Where, where in B tier, this is actually the first time we're talking about B tier in this video. Right now it's Cloud, Bowser Jr., Greninja, Duck Hunt, We Fit Trainer. God, that's hard, because, like... I don't think his design is super strong compared to them, but I like him so much more than all of them. <laughs> I, I definitely want to put him up, like, I, I, I want to put him above Greninja, at the very least. See, that's hard for me, because Greninja is fully realized. Like, you could put Greninja in another Smash game, and, like, I wouldn't care, but he'd still be a full-fledged character. Whereas if you put yeah, D to D yeah. in another Smash game, I feel like, oh, well, his life is going to be suffering again if he's the same. Yes, but that game would be so much better with him in it. Oh, it would be so much <laughs> better with him in it, but like it's elevated by his personality, but he himself is held back. I, I wouldn't want a Smash game without D to D. But I also really want to play as a good DDD that isn't reliant on a chain grab. That's fair, that's fair. So, how about between Greninja and Duck Hunt? Yeah, okay, I can do that. Okay, I can, I can, I can settle for that. Uh, he's, in, he's, in, he's on the left side of the bell curve, and at the end of the day, that's what I really care about. Okay, alright. Alrighty, who's next? Uh, oh! 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 Oh, okay. Uh, so you know... One of the most famous things about Smash Brothers is that it gets people interested in more series, right? Yes. Like, it's, it's what saved Fire Emblem, people got into Kid Icarus because of Pits. I myself got into most of Nintendo through Smash Brothers. I didn't know much else about the game. Like, I knew Pikachu and, like, I thought Link was Zelda. I thought Samus was a robot. And it introduced me to so many series. I feel like... Olimar actively drives people away from Pikmin. Yeah, uh, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think Olimar is the worst character in the series. I I would agree with that, actually. Yeah. And this comes from a place of love, because I do really like the character of Captain Olimar. I love this supportive family man trying to make his way home, and trying to see his children, and trying to raise this strange species to essentially self-reliance through his leadership, still getting something out of them, but still caring about them, still feeling a connection with the Pikmin. He's a very, very caring and loving character, 
And holy shit, that's the opposite of Olimar in Smash Brothers. It, it, it amazes me how blank he is in Smash Brothers. I, I don't think you ever, he, you don't hear his voice at all. Because I was surprised when I played Pikmin and realized that he actually has a really, really deep voice. <laughs> exactly. And he, he, he doesn't emote? You, you don't get any of that sense of who he is through his moveset? He just chucks Pikmin mindlessly. It's like someone took a five-second clip of just Olimar throwing Pikmin at something. It's like, you know what? Yeah, that's the character. Let's put that in the game. And I do want to acknowledge that I think it is... Olimar is a very difficult character to translate into Smash Brothers. How Pikmin works, just that swarming gameplay. I can't come up with something better off the top of my head. I honestly feel like he'd be better suited to be an assist trophy. Oh, I can. Just give him area control. Oh! Like, make it so, okay, this Pikmin stays here. Okay, when I use this move, the Pikmin do this attack. And, like, it's limited, obviously. But, like, so is Whistle. And apparently that's big enough to be a special move. So, like, just have him do, okay, I can plant the purple Pikmin here. And he'll do the purple Pikmin pound when I hit the down B. Just, like, have him use them to their fullest potential. And you can still have Pikmin Throw. You can still do things. But, like, Pikmin Throw feels so blasé and worthless. And the only thing that Olimar really has is weird disjoints in ordering his Pikmin around. Like, the most defining thing about Olimar is how annoying he is to fight. And that's just basically because you don't hit him because he's small and he uses a big army of meat shields to take the hits for him. I feel like it just goes against completely what the point of Pikmin is to have these to have his entire game plan built around these disposable minions is how he's treated here. Like if you if you look at Olimar in Smash Brothers, you'd expect him to be this this completely uncaring mute tyrant to the Pikmin, which he really isn't. Yeah, remember when Captain Falcon killed like a hundred people and Olimar was just like, Yeah, that's cool, I'll team up with him. Right? Mean meanwhile, Lucario fought Meta Knight because he got to the top of a hill fast. I I don't Olimar is one of those characters that I look at him and I just don't understand why certain things are missing. Like, how do you miss his voice? Like that is such a bare minimum thing, and it's just not there. I don't know if they thought like people would be put off by it? It is kind of just like a surprise and like, whoa, that's what he sounds like? Okay. But I feel like it adds to his charm. It's it's not like you're going, okay, uh, Luigi gets hit and he says, oh, fuck, like he does in the <laughs> Mario series. No, we don't We don't have to censor Luigi. It's it's not a big deal. It's just, oh, his voice is deep. You can't go, oh, or something. I, I Like that element of surprise is the Pikmin series. I just, I, I don't have anything nice to say about this character. I just, I just don't. I liked when he brought in I Know Uda into Brawl, and then they removed that because that song is a copyright hell. Okay, well, if we're, if we're talking music, like, some of the Pikmin remixes are amazing. But... Yeah, they're pretty good. Also environmental noises. <laughs> Best song in the game. Yeah. I don't know, dude. 25 Meters is pretty good. I, I get what they were going with, like, trying to have him reorganize Pikmin, having different ones, having different strengths and weaknesses. 
Yeah, I, I won't say Olimar's a lazy design. Like, a lot of thought went into how to make the Pikmin unique and also implement the flowering mechanic that doesn't matter. I wish the flowering did so much, but, like, a regular Pikmin should be near useless, but a flowered one should be amazing. Exactly. Like, if you actually try to, like, preserve your Pikmin, that's, that, that's what the game is. And that's not even getting into the fact that, like, he's inherently confusing to fight because... Just, like, how his animations work or the fact that he just doesn't have them. Like, all of his strong attacks involve just sending Pikmin forward, and it's so hard to tell what he's doing when he's starting those moves up. Yep. He's just infuriating. Like, I, I fully believe that, like, he chased off people from the Pikmin series. I entirely believe that, yeah. And like Ugh. I, I, I kind of don't feel like we need to discuss that anymore. Just like, well, do you have any other ideas of like maybe how he could be better? I, again, it it needs a total overhaul. And I believe like Pikmin is a real time strategy game. Make the placement of Pikmin strategic. Have ideas like we have a character who is incredibly tactical in Snake, who is already doing zone control in a unique way, and Olimar has the ability to make that a very active kind of zone control. Very much like, make sentries. Use the whistle to change the way that Pikmin behave, whether they'll just attack automatically if something gets in their range, or if they'll wait for Olimar's command to attack. Just do something with him. Do something with his management. And, you know, make it like a Pikmin game. I could not, I could not agree more. Just, I... I do still have a hard time picturing that. I think that's because of just his three Pikmin limits. Well, that's no longer an issue because that was limited due to uh, Smash 4. And they just chose not to restore that. Yeah, he had six in Brawl, so. Oh, yeah, remember that tether? That was a terrible tether. It never worked. Yeah, it was awful. It did, like, weird shapes against the level geometry. (laughs) It was funny. All right, but, like, he's at the bottom of the tier list, right? Just, just he is my worst character in the series, yeah. All right, glad, glad we can agree on that. Like, Wario upsets me, Mega Man disappoints me, Olimar, I feel nothing. I, I feel the utmost level of apathy and emptiness. Agreed. With that said, that's my last F-tier character. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And I got, I got all four of my F-tiers into F-tier, so... I do have one more there, but we'll okay. talk about that eventually. All right, now that we've gotten the worst character in the game out of the way, it is time for Lucario. Cool. And I know you have some things to say about Lucario, but I want to tell you a story first. Oh, please, go go right ahead. I'm interested. All right, so I actually really love a game called Heroes of the Storm. It is the, it is the Blizzard crossover to Nintendo's crossover. Uh, Mo- and MOBA kind of came too late to the party and was ultimately discarded. But there's a character in that game named Zul'jin that is one of my favorite characters to play as in any video game. All right. That is because he is based off of the, uh, the troll axe thrower. And his whole gimmick is that the more he is hurt, the faster he can throw axes. And it is such a fun character design. The problem that comes... From Lucario, which is why I'm comparing this to Zul'jin, is that Zul'jin can control how much he hurts himself and how much he heals himself, uh-huh. as well as being able to make himself flat out invincible with his ultimates. Lucario is Zul'jin without any of the things that make him fun to play. 
Lucario is just, you need to get hit in the face a bunch, and then maybe with that small window where you might die at any second, you win the game. 50% of, like, maybe even more than that, of playing as Lucario, you're not playing as Lucario. You're waiting to play as Lucario. And it's just, I, I love the idea. Again, I love that concept of just taking damage and dealing more. It's so much fun when done right. Lucario is not done right. Yeah, no, I uh, I entirely agree. When I look at Lucario, I get this overwhelming feeling of disappointment. And not all of that is residual Mewtwo bias. But some of it is, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, Lucario is not a character until you get to a certain point in damaging him. And as soon as you die, you don't get the feeling of, oh, I can mount a comeback. You get the feeling of, okay, I can't play the game again for a little while. I guess I'll just suffer for a little bit. I, I guess I'll be a combo video for a couple seconds. <laughs> and that that doesn't feel good. Like, I, I hope all Lucario players are okay. I, I, I feel like they, <laughs> more than anyone else, need a hug. Because they have to deal with half of their gameplay being just suffering. And I should know, I'm a K-Rule player. I get the feeling that you start your stock in your combo food. I feel that. But they don't even get the illusion that I have. They just like, okay, I've checked in, ass up, ready to be spanked. Let's go. <laughs> it's also a weird case of where most of the Pokemon in this game are pretty easy to translate over just because they're Pokemon and there's not much to translate over. Lucario is missing things that he's known for. Like there's no, he doesn't have like that, like that bone staff at all, bone rush or anything like that is not in his toolkit. Mm -hmm. He's just completely based around aura, which is odd because that's such, it's so easy to get a Pokemon right for what they're known for. And he's missing that. Well, Lucario was another concept art based character, right? I think, I, I don't know, actually, was that ever confirmed? I'm not sure. I would feel that that would be the case because it would make sense. Well, no, because he has Force Palm and Aura Sphere, and those were Gen 4 moves. So that's odd. Um, I get that Lucario is very much based on the sort of uh, martial arts monk sort of archetype. Like, that's where he's based. He's very a very meditative character, a very through-the-motions one. You can feel that, especially with the animation for uh, Double Team, his counter, which is another counter, and it sucks. Yes, I, that's, that is the worst counter. Oh, yeah. I think I'd make that claim. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know. It It's weird because Lucario doesn't feel unique. He feels weird and floaty, and like he has moves that kind of work and kind of don't for his normals. And then for his specials, he has, what, charge shot, a counter, and... Well, no, he doesn't have... He has shadow ball, a counter, and whatever the hell force palm is. And then I actually kind of quite like extreme speed. I like the curve of it, and I love what Aura does to it, but... Extreme speed is fun. I, I'll get behind that. Uh, for the most part, yeah, he's he's missing any sort of flavor, and that's all replaced with his gimmick that doesn't work. You know what Force Palm is? Sakurai really loves um 
King of Fighters. Force Palm is just him wanting to put Terry in the game. That's Buster <laughs> Wolf. Yes, are you okay? Buster <laughs> Wolf. The aura is with me. <laughs> I kind of feel like Lucario should have deep breathing as his down B. Yeah. Like right off the bat. That would fit so much. Because then he could heal himself. Yeah, and that's like so going easy. Going back to that to... Zul'jin example, that's something he needs for this kind of thing to work. Yeah, and that's very easy to just say as like it's bulk up or work up or something. Even even then, it's just, it's weird because I like Lucario. I love that Pokemon. It was the first Pokemon I ever shiny hunted for that very reason. I was happy to see him back in the game, but I've never enjoyed playing as him. I've never once enjoyed playing as Lucario either. In fact, I am annoyed playing as Lucario because when you get to a high percentage in casual play, it's just, okay, I'm going to roll and then I'm going to roll and then I'm going to roll. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to wait for that chance when I can use that big aura. Oh, we'll just wait for that. It leads to, along with his floaty jumps, a really, really unfun to play against style. I really wish he had, uh, like, again, that that um, staff bone. Because that could have turned him into a really cool shale and monk kind of play style. That isn't in the game in the slightest. And combine that with the aura, that could have been a really cool design. But instead, we're just... I feel like Sakurai had the idea for Lucario's gimmick first. And then just kind of designs the character around that while also... De- it's a messy design. I don't like it. I agree. I, I, I currently have him at the bottom of E tier. I could honestly be convinced to just drop him into F. Uh, I also have him in E because, like, nothing that Lucario does offends me. He, he feels like me sore fighter to me, where he just kind of bores me, where it's like, I get it, but you're not doing anything well. I agree with that. I, 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 I bring up the Zul'jin example so much just because I've experienced what this can be, how this can feel when done well. Mm-hmm. And legitimately hurting yourself to do more damage to somebody is so much fun. Just being able to taunt them with like, I am going to like bring myself to the edge of death because I know I'm going to kill you first. I love that. And I don't get that from Lucario. I, I don't either. I just I, feel like I become a character for 10 seconds. And yeah. then I'm just back at square one. Yep. I, I totally agree. Like, uh, Kotal Khan has a similar thing in Mortal Kombat, where he can uh, let out his own blood, and the gods that he worships will be pleased and grant him buffs for that. But he's slowly losing health because, yeah, he just opened a gash on his chest. But, like, and obviously I don't need Lucario cutting open his weird chest spike thing. Is is, is that a nipple? I don't know. But I it, have no idea. <laughs> but, like, yeah, do, do something. I'm sure that there are tons of Pokemon moves that Lucario can use that I can't think of right now that do recoil damage. He probably learned submission. Uh, close combat. Uh, close combat lowers defenses. Oh. Well, I wouldn't say no to that. Well, yeah, he, he could do more damage to him, I guess, but yeah. It's just like, there's possibilities there. Like, just building off of that, taking more percent, but like lowering the knockback you can take for a while would be a great way to like get yourself to the point where you want to be. It, it's, it doesn't feel like a fully realized design, and it needs to be overhauled. I I do agree. It does need an overhaul. But, like, I don't think it's damaging Lucario as a brand at all. This is true. Yeah, yeah, it's not quite at that level. Nothing about it offends me. 
everything about it, like, slightly annoys me. And to be honest, I would like a character like Sonic, like Palutena, to be re-examined first. Okay, so should we put them above those two? I think so, because those are ones where, like, I am at least somewhat upset and invested. Who who makes you more upset or disappointed, Lucario or Diddy Kong? Uh, Diddy Kong, honestly. Yeah, so I would say put Diddy Kong lower. Yeah, because it, it's... It, I guess that's to Lucario's benefit that he's a Pokemon then, because I... It's a po- it's one of my favorite Pokemon, and I still don't care that much. Well, I don't care for the Pokemon, and I don't care for it much, but, like, yeah. I, I really like Anubis, and I the clear reference is there, just... Oh, yeah, Anubis is cool from a surface-level design, but, like, my favorite Pokemon is Cubone, because he has a tragic past. Like, I'm already buying into Pokemon for different reasons than other people. <laughs> it, it, that's a weird parallel right there, because I feel like if... Lucario just had a few of those moves. I, regardless, regardless. I, I'm not going to put him any higher. Who would be the I, next? He, just out of curiosity. Uh, next would be up to um, up to D tier, which would be Robin. Oh, no, no, no higher than that. All right. He, I, he definitely just needs an overhaul. Yes. Altogether. I, ooh, ooh, but next character. I love the next character so much. Uh, the next character is Rob. And I'm going to start this out by saying that I have Rob in S tier, and he's one of the top ones in that tier. I can see that. Uh, go on. All right. So the entire premise of Smash Brothers is that it, these are all toys coming to life, right? That's what it's kind of moved past that as the years have gone by. But that was what this series was built off of. Just like a child's imagination wondering like, oh, what would happen if like my favorite video game characters started fighting each other? Rob is the embodiment of that idea. Sakurai took this toy and just approached it from a childlike perspective of like, well, of course it's going to shoot laser beams out of its eyes. Of course its base is a jetpack booster that can like fire off in all sorts of ways. Of course this thing can spin at a million miles per hour. It feels like a childlike embodiment of that imagination of just putting fighters to like using your toys and just mashing them together but embraced in an actual character, and I love that so much. And if we're, we've been talking about Subspace Emissary a lot, I don't feel like I have to say anything more than that. Just embody, like, that is Rob's story, kind of. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, Deity steals the show in it, but Rob is absolutely the heart of it. And I feel like that's why I, I want to keep this character in S tier, because not only did it just absolutely nail what the character is not that that was very hard to do the original rob does like three things and that's it but it injected so much life into this character that gave me genuine investment i actually want to find a rob that i can own because i love what they did with the character there's so many unique things about him as well like his swimming animation is completely unique he uses his little i don't know what you call those graspy things but he uses them as like rotors when he starts drowning, his eyes start to, like, glitch out. He does that in his shield brick animation as well. He's just a completely unique character. I, I will say, I think that Rob isn't a Rob character. I feel that Rob is truly a Smash Brothers original character. He is Nintendo looking at itself, looking at what's important to it, and bringing that to life in its fullest, in its own original way. 
Uh, Rob existed as a shell before Smash Brothers, and for some reason, a playable character in Mario Kart DS. And Smash <laughs> Brothers gave him life. Smash Brothers is the heart and soul of Rob, and he's a beautiful character. He's kind of lame to watch, not gonna lie, but like, insofar as the heart of Smash goes, yeah, he's absolutely up there. Yeah, you know, I. I- to be clear, I don't enjoy fighting against this character, and I don't really enjoy playing as him either, but I am so invested in him regardless. I didn't have him in S tier before. I had him actually at the top of A, just because I have a couple of caveats with him. I think he's never had a good Final Smash, ever, that's yeah representative yeah. of him, and I... I feel like you could you could do a little more with Rob. Like I feel like if you're taking that then he should have other toys that Nintendo's had. He should have like the Ultra Hand where he grabs you for his final smash or something. Or he should have the Virtual Boy and someone gets trapped in a dimension of red and black for his final smash. Like hell he has a Virtual Boy alt. Like, as, as that reference to Gunpei Okoi, like, go all the way with it. Make him this really, really heartfelt tribute. And he's almost there, but I... And he's not my cup of tea as a character. He's good. He's good. He's just not what I enjoy out of it. I'm... I like... I do like him. I respect the hell out of him. And I, uh... Yeah, I think I could go either way with him. Uh, still should have been Sukupan, though. Building off of that, I feel like his Final Smash should just, continuing the idea of that he's a Smash original character, should involve his Ancient Minister, like, outfit, just be like a subspace bomb or something like that. I, I would agree with that. But even then, I, I, feel, I, I feel very strongly that he just embodies that childish imagination. I, I, I concede to him being the bottom of S tier, but I still feel like he should be up there. Because I, I just, I feel like he's brilliant. I can agree to that. Uh, in the past, I've always thought like, well, he could be representative of all the NES accessories. Like, he could have the power pad and the zapper and the power glove or whatever. But the the more that I think about it and the more I hear your interpretation of it, I love this feeling of he is just what you imagine this robot to be capable of. And I am really endeared by that. I would say that until Ultimate, uh, he wasn't fully realized as a fighting game character, but I feel like Ultimate has given him the tools and the abilities necessary to really, really feel stand out and feel like his own character. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that as long as he's not over Snake. Oh yeah, no, definitely not above Snake. You, you've convinced me of the genius of Snake. I, just, I, I feel like comparing like Rob to the top of our A2 right now, which is Pac-Man... I don't have any of those caveats of, like, Pac-Man could, like, missing a few moves from, like, Pac-Man World or stuff like that. Rob doesn't feel like he's missing anything. There's more he could have, but he feels like a complete character to me. I I agree. Minus maybe the Final Smash, but that's why he's at the bottom of S-tier instead of right next to Snake. Well, I mean, he is right next to Snake right now. Well, but... yeah, right now, but I'm sure we'll put more characters between them. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have the first of the three links that we're going to be talking about, which is Toon Link. And I, f- talk- talking about the links is weird, 
because it introduces that inevitable question of, oh, they could be different, but then they wouldn't exist because they'd be harder to make. And I feel like Toon Link has things going for him. Like, he's one of the most expressive characters. He's just straight up adorable in the games. Oh, totally. Like, the, the unique effects he has on his weapons, I do like a lot. But I feel like of the three, he is the one that it irks me the most that he's not different. Yes. Like, I can, sort of, I can forgive just younger Link just being Link but smaller, because when that was first introduced, they were literally the same character. That was just the Ocarina of Enough Time reference of just like, oh, pull out the Master Sword, you're seven years old, they're fine. But Toon Link comes from an entirely different style, and a style that has gone on to encompass many different games. And there's a lot of cool stuff in those games that just isn't there. I do like how they've slowly branched out and tried to... Uh, give the character more moves. I like that his forward smash is completely different now. I like that his stall and fall actually just has him cartoonishly drop from the sky, even though it's a terrible move in the first place. But certain things just like, I wish he had the Deku Leaf as his upbeat. I wish like they could fit the skull hammer in there somewhere. There's a lot of really wacky cartoony weapons that the other links wouldn't be able to get away with that feel like such major missed opportunities for Toon Link. The the major thing about Zelda to celebrate, other than the conceit of the Triforce, is its items and the unique things that they bring to the table. And clearly, they're not afraid to change Link up if uh, Breath of the Wild Link is anything to go by. But um, yeah, Toon Link has so many little options, so many different things that he could use, so many ways to better embody him. The fact that the Wind Waker is only a taunt feels right? really awful, honestly. That would have been such a cool final smash to just summon a tornado or something. The assets are even in the game in the pirate ship stage. Imagine if just not there. Luigi's Poltergust was just a taunt. Yeah! That feels like the concession that they're giving to Toon Link here. And I do agree, I do appreciate the unique things that they've done to distinguish him from the other links. But I feel like if you're going to represent Zelda and you're going to say no, this link is special enough to be separate from the giant composite link that we've made, then no, give him his unique items, give him the things that make him special outside of from a gameplay perspective, uh as opposed to just solely his expressions and his body type essentially. It's I I know he wouldn't be in the game if he wasn't like almost one to one. I I that's why both of them exist. Oh, I but, I fully agree. But by the time that we've reached ultimate, he's had plenty of time to differentiate himself. Exactly, and he he doesn't like even just like seeing the character in like Hyrule Warriors. Like he has the sand wand in that game, and it's awesome. But you just you don't get any of that cartoonish creativity apart from his expressions even his sound design like it upsets me so much that he doesn't have that like do you know the kill sound effect in wind waker there's a really like satisfying snappy hit sound effect oh yes take oh out yes and that's just gone you get a really just weak just slap sound effect on his smash attacks that feels like such a missed opportunity well to be fair wind waker has like some of the best sound design and that's really hard to translate, but... Well, uh, but all the more reason, like, what, the Toon Link should have something better. Oh, no, absolutely. 
but like just the ebb and flow of the way the music changes in Wind Waker would be impossible oh, to replicate yeah, in Smash. Yeah. I I currently have Toon Link in uh, what tier is this? In D tier? I also have him in D tier. Because I don't feel like like he, he's fine. Like, I get what they're going for, and that works. Like, he's the cartoon Link, yada, yada, yada. But, like, there's so much more room for improvements. No, I know. I, I feel something from him that I don't feel from, say, Lucario. I, I feel that there's a dy- dynamic aspect to Toon Link. I would put him at the bottom of D-tier, though. Because, like, the bottom of D-tier right now is currently Robin. And at least Robin tries to go unique. I, you've convinced me that it doesn't really work, but he does try. Toon Link is a bare minimum that I feel like could be done so much better. Yeah, but he has a victory animation where he holds a pig. The pig's really <laughs> cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, no, no. Robin has the victory animation where she he, she dunks on Lucina for not protecting anyone. <laughs> yeah, no, never mind. Toon Link could be underneath her. Okay, good. If we good, consider good. it female Robin, male Robin is underneath Toon Link. That's the distinction I'm making. <laughs> Sure, sure. I'll give you that, I'll give you that. Oh, but I like male Robin as a character more in Fire Emblem Awakening. Wait, wait, you don't love the scene where female Robin and Krom go, ha, I guess we've both seen each other naked, I guess we can get married now. You know, I I, call me crazy, but no, I don't really like the marriage mechanics of those games, and I feel like they kind of cheapen the support system. Oh, man. It is funny. I'll admit it's funny. But they, that's not the ride and I like of the series, and I feel like it kind of took a downward trend once the S support started getting, getting mixed into the series. Aw, oh, damn. I can't I believe you don't like Tharja being an abusive mother. God. Just call me crazy, but no. Damn. I, it, it's, a, it's amusing, but I don't like it. <laughs> yes, I'm fine with him at the bottom of D tier. Okay, okay. Definitely better than Lucario. Yes. Like, he, he's not full-on overhaul, and I could put other characters beneath him in D-tier, but, like, come on. There's room. Yeah, you can you can do better, and he deserves better. All right, our final character to talk about today is Wolf. Now, this is the first of the species that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just... Just a brief overview of how I feel like about the spacey moveset. I really like how they try to just... It's one of the few characters that I feel like giving them just like a Smash-centric moveset benefited them overall. Mm -hmm. Because I do get the idea of just like... You you still get that kind of rushdown, like in-your-face, like frantic playstyle of the Star Fox series throughout all of their movesets. I think they're all pretty decent. Agreed. And Wolf is actually my favorite one of the bunch. I like how they've taken that moveset and gone for a more feral interpretation. Part of that's just because I like playing as villains in the first place. There's a there's a solid just power fantasy there. Yes, absolutely. But I really like Wolf's more aggressive, like I love the slash effects on his moves. I love I love the sweet spot on his side B. Oh, absolutely. Uh, his, his up B sucks. I, I would like that changed. I don't think he needed a reflector. I feel like there was room to give him a more aggressive option there. But in terms of actually playing him, he's by far my favorite of the spaces to play as. I can agree with that. He's uh, by far my favorite of the spaces to play as. Um, I don't think he's the best spacey in terms of design, but I do think I th- that I he think is a so great spacey. Well. 
Uh, I love how you can tell so hard in Brawl that he is this weird, unfinished mess of a character that's just <laughs> barely held together. Like, you, you can feel that he has a level of jank that isn't present in any other member of the cast. And the way that they have refined that for Ultimate, the way that they still maintain his sort of weird mechanics, like like his forward smash that used to slide you like a million miles forward, is now I do much- I the slide. It's much more consolidated now, but it still has this pop, it has this punch that it didn't before. It trades that aspect for something more refined and something, honestly, I think more fitting of Wolf. It feels more smug. It feels more calculated. It feels more forceful. And that's great to see in a character like Wolf. I like how he's become sort of this composite of his sort of feral looks but and uh, sort of brash assault design combined with the smug... English cockiness of his Star Fox 64 appearance, and how all of his moves manage to contrast Fox, and I know that all the Spaceys do have similar movesets for obvious reasons, but yeah, I'm gonna be honest here, I love the Spacey moveset, I love how yes. it feels like you are a dogfighter, I love how strong you feel in the air, and how each one is differentiated and how they control the air. I love the dynamic of how you dive down and how quickly you can do so. I love that they have an emphasis on taking opponents up and off the screen. I love the feeling of their lasers and just peppering someone, and conditioning, and being able to fire out all the blasts you can, getting in all the damage you can whenever you can. Like, the spacey moveset, the spacey feel, just is emblematic of Smash Brothers. It's a feel that works so well with the dynamic platforms and how you move and weave between them. Uh, I love how the reflector feels like a natural extension of being able to avoid fire and the barrel roll. Just, it, it isn't Star Fox, but it gives you the same sensation, it gives you the same joy that Star Fox does. That good Star Fox does. It's better than yes. bad Star Fox, or even average Star Fox. I really need to replay Assault. I love Assault. And as much as I could go, oh, they should give Wolf some on-foot Assault weapons. They should give him the Machine Gun, or the Devil Launcher, because it's called the Devil Launcher. No. The inherent heart that they have created through the Smash Brothers series that was there in 64, but was really, really refined in Melee, and basically polished to a mere sheen, is wonderful. I really, really love it. Only big complaint is that uh, I think all of their R-Wing file smashes are weak. They should be right. guided attacks. Like, I was happy to see that they changed it at first, but it's... First of all, they're all the exact same thing. I don't care about the different animations. That that does not count. And it's, it's just... Hmm. I feel like it could be better. There are, like, some minor flavor things with them that I feel like they could do better. I feel like uh, they could use the sound effects of Star Fox a little bit better. I feel like, you know, they could really get into that, really get the heart of Star Fox in there. 
And I feel like Wolf in specific could use his moves in a couple of different ways than uh, Fox and Falco. Because he feels like, yeah, he has Fox Reflector and Falco Laser, but a little slower. And I know it has the bayonet at the end, but, you know, you throw it out in the exact same way. He is the one that I wish did a little more differently. I don't like his up B. Yeah. Removing the fire effects from it was just a bad call, in my opinion. Yeah, because, like, the other ones have this, like, sort of halo jump, evacuate the burning aircraft feeling. And Wolf is just, oh, I'm evil. Cool. Going this way now. I kind of wish his reflector didn't actually reflect, but it did way more, like, shine spike damage or something like that. I can see that. Tur- yeah. And turning him turning it into an offensive tool. Yeah. Which I, I do admit is a bit weird because Fox is a better rushdown than him. Like, Wolf is very <laughs> much an all-rounder. Which I, I feel like he should be the most aggressive of the three. For obvious reasons. Well, well then again, his personality is a little more chill it is that it is like like it's it's hard to say because like as a rival to fox he works well i i I guess i just feel like there's potential there for him to be the more unique to just go more in that direction while still feeling fitting that star fox blend yeah i do agree there yeah uh, where do you have him uh i have him middle a tier oh nice i had him b tier but i'll happily move him a tier I think all the spaces are great. Like, what's there to complain about? I mean, the final smashes, as we discussed. Yeah, the final smash. And that's my big thing. Like, these are, whether you like playing them or not, these feel great as Smash Brothers characters. Like, if you were to say, okay, what's a base Smash Brothers moveset? How should a Smash Brothers character feel? I might point to a spacey before I would Mario. Oh, I would absolutely would. And I love Mario. Uh, how, where on A tier? Like right now, um, it's Pac-Man, Pokemon Trainer, Villager, Ike. I would put him in between Pokemon Trainer and Villager. I can get down with that. I feel like Villager, while great, does miss a few, doesn't quite translate to Animal Crossing gameplay over fully. It's still amazing, but mm-hmm. it's, it, that's just hard to do. Yes. Whereas... All the spaces are just, it's hard to have a complaint about them because they, they're they unique. They, they were built from the ground up, and because of that, they're solid. They are, and yet they still manage to embody their series in spite of that uniqueness. Yeah, like, we've talked so much about characters just being one-to-one translations, but missing, like, the fundamental aspect of their gameplay. Mm-hmm. I feel like the spaces are the opposites. And I love that so well because, yeah, maybe you could throw in a few things like maybe calling in airstrikes or something like that to try to involve the R-Wings more in the moveset. Well, they have that in the Smash Taunts. This is true. This is true. But, like, you still play the Star Fox gameplay even though you're not – it's obviously nothing like it. Right. And that's awesome. That's just awesome. They're what I would expect them to be if they were a guest character in another fighting game franchise. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Like, they have the love that a guest character in Smash would get, despite being, you know, base roster. It's like, okay, how do we translate this? And they are given every last bit of detail to get that feel right. And that's so good. All right, well, I'm feeling pretty happy about this. Yep, I'm pretty satisfied. Shit, this went so, longer. 
Oh, wow! Less characters, but more... Oh, well... Yeah, there's a lot of solid additions. We got... We finally got started filling out the S tier, and we've completely filled out the bottom tier as well. Yep. Do you have any Fs left? I have one. Okay. We will get to that one eventually. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, for now, thank you all so much for watching. I've been really enjoying this series, and I can't wait to get to the rest of the games. Uh, please let us all know what your thoughts are on just the various rankings of the Smash characters, if there's any you agree on, disagree. Uh, obviously, our opinions are 100% objective, but... You know, it's fun it's to be funny. wrong sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd love to see. I'm kind of considering, like, maybe, like, a month after we upload these to do, like, a sixth episode where we look at comments and, like, move things around to see if people have, like, good ideas. I'd be curious to see that. Yeah, if you guys would be curious to see that, please leave the comments below and what changes you would make so that we may consider them for a future video. Hey. Exactly. Exactly. Get that engagement up. Let's do Uh, it. But for now... This has been a very long episode. I hope you all enjoyed, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Farewell.